Death Star. That thing's operational. Dr. Banner. Now might be a really good time for you to get angry. That's my secret, Captain. I'm always angry. Hello and welcome to episode 21 of The Usual Podcast, the podcast where we discuss Star Wars The Old Republic, the Star Wars franchise, and geek and pop culture. I'm your host, Marshall, and with me is my co-host, Will. Say hello, dude. Hey, everybody. And today, we are super lucky and honored to have Redna and Ordo from the It's a Trap podcast join us today. Say hello, boys. Howdy. Hey, hey, hey. (laughs) Nice. And they're joining us in our usual frosty beverage. So, Will, what are you drinking this week? Oh, dude, you better not say a soda. <laughs> I am drinking a Coke because this is actually... <laughs> Here we go. No, this is actually my last week in school, and I have a an exam tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. that I have to be totally coherent for, so... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Excuses. But I will be, excuses. I will be... I will be uh, I'm going to be going to a uh, movie marathon at the theater tomorrow. I'm going to go see San Andreas, and what is it that opens this week? And I'm drawing a blank. Um, no yeah, whatever. I'm gonna go see a bunch of movies tomorrow. So I'm gonna Jurassic be... Park. Thank you. Yes, Jurassic Park. Oh, is that opening tomorrow? Oh, crap. Yes, sir. And so mm. I'll be sneaking some alcohol into the theater on that one. There you go. Oh, buddy. you unlucky saps. Here in <laughs> Texas, they serve beer and liquor in the movie theater. Oh, they do it this one too, but it's also like $10 a glass of wine, so. Oh, I will pay it. I would love I to would... be. Oh. It's. It's regular restaurant prices, so I mean it's still not cheap, but it's not ten dollars. I mean it's like three bucks for a, a big beer. Yeah, no, this is well crap for really bad pricing, and uh, yeah, and some of us actually don't have a job yet, so you know. I will only have a job. Well, be working for two more days. Cheers to me. Yeah, but they keep paying you. That's a well, difference. I actually don't get paid in July. Sadly, my district's ass backwards so you did get paid the other 11 months of the year which you know i haven't actually had a real paycheck since 2008 so you know that's a that's a really long time it is i'm having (laughs) such a hard time looking for a job right now because the last time i applied for a job it was still paper and you actually talked to the person oh that's a good point never looked for a job online before yeah that was only a year after the iphone revolution Mm -hmm. actually where are my manners let's go with our guests Ordo, what are you drinking man uh, I've got something a little special, a little hard to find this time of year, a Sam Adams Oktoberfest. Nice. Oh, nice. I like that beer. What about you, Red? Well, just because I didn't want Will to be alone and being a little bit different, I decided to go with a Pinot Noir from the land of my people. <laughs> okay, really, it's not a Swedish Pinot, but still, it's <laughs> I was going to say, that's big, an epic Pinot, dude. <laughs> and, I, and I can drink right out of the bottle like this. Oh, Nice. Dude, you're doing it right. Because I'm a Swedish Viking, you see. Nice. (laughs) I had to mix it up a little bit, but I did want my alcoholic because I'm not in classes. (laughs) (laughs) I I could try to bring out the strawberry ale again. That worked so well for me a couple weeks ago. That was terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't you take like one drink and set it down? (laughs) Dude, it was so bad. I choked down like half of it. (laughs) Well, you didn't even put it in the fridge, dude. It was warm. Well, you (sighs) talked me into, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to have this debate with you again. We're not going to fight right now. Okay. We're not going to fight in front of the... 20th episode of the 21st. 21st. Well, I just want to say to Red, he's yeah. the first one to bring wine to the usual. So I'm excited, man. We're 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 branching out. So there we go. That's right. Ooh, next I... No, I know... Does anybody want to know what I'm drinking? I'm bringing, just going to keep talking. I don't care about you. I'm <laughs> Next week, I am bringing a Captain and Coke. If you don't, 
but we'll we'll go from there. All right, so it's happening. We'll Twitter bomb you if you don't. (laughs) (laughs) You'll you'll have so many less friends. Okay, this week I am drinking Speakeasy Double Daddy Imperial IPA, yet another local, uh, pretty decent IPA from uh, San Francisco. So I'm 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 jazzed. It's in a Vader mug. The whole 22 ounce fits in this awesome Vader mug. So there we go. That's what I'm doing. All right, ready? I'm ready. (laughs) Bring it. Before we get started, if you have comments or questions, you can find us at theusualpodcast.com. Email us at theusualpodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook, Google+, Pinterest, Instagram, and Sotor Network. You can reach me at Darth Pops on Twitter. Will can be found at I am Will Griggs. We're on iTunes and Stitcher Radio, so take the time to give us a positive rating. I We appreciate those that are doing that. And keep sharing us on the social medias. We're, we got some more coming. It's working. People are taking up the challenge. I'm excited. It is nice. Right? Yeah. Anyway, so we have the timestamps in the show notes for non-SWOTOR fans. We are going to start this show with SWOTOR. And, uh, yeah, so if you want to skip that and go to Star Wars or Pop Culture, uh, it's there in the show notes. Give us feedback on Twitter. Keep them coming. We've got a lot, some really good feedback lately from our, uh, from our, we have a little following, dude. We have a couple guys that keep tweeting us and tell us what to do. So I like it. They're getting demanding. I appreciate that. <laughs> well, they, they just, uh, you know, recognize the sub tendencies in you. So, you know. Okay. All right. So Patreon. Become a patron. We would like more of you. So a dollar to a show. Help us out. Uh, we plan to do more cons. We plan to do more content. Lots of stuff like that. New equipment. So more patrons. And we're going to get some rewards going. We are going to have the drawing on episode 25. Is that what we decided on? Yes, episode sir. 25. And it looks like right now um, our lone patron is going to win. So don't. Come on. Put your put your hat in there. What is it? Put your card in the hat. Put your number in the hat. Throw your hat know. into the ring. What's the due date? What's the due date? Uh, the, well, let's see, this is episode 21, about a month or so, after Comic-Con, basically. So. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, so we're hoping, uh, David will have some competition in there and we can give some stuff away. Mm-hmm. We're planning to get a bunch of swag, too, at Comic-Con, so we're gonna come back with some cool stuff. We always do. So. Alright, and lastly, of course, audibletrial.com slash usual podcast. Get an audiobook, 30 day free trial. I, <laughs> I highly suggest rereading, cause I reread it. Lords of the Sith, for a good reason. And this is going to be an awesome segue. Uh, when you're done, listen to episode three of It's a Trap, where they talk about uh, Lords of the Sith. And segue, right? Before we get into our usual format, uh, let's talk to our guests for a second. Go ahead, guys. Tell us about your podcast, what you do, and how you contribute to the Star Wars community, because we love it. So, we have launched It's a Trap. It's a podcast with original artwork created by Dave Dorman. And it is meant to discuss each piece of the new Disney-approved standard of Star Wars canon, with an eye to point out anything new being brought in from the now Legends story arc. We hope to reach people that want to know what happens, but don't have the time to read slash watch the material, or people that have consumed the story and want to hear our thoughts, what we've caught from the Legends storyline, and hopefully might be willing to tell us what we missed. So that's the general premise. It's kind of like a book club, except that we're covering the, the televisions, both the television series, the movies, the comics, the novels, pretty much everything that's got a plot to it that contributes now as canon to the Star Wars storyline. We're going to be talking about that. But since the two of us have read hundreds of the Extended Universe Legends storyline, it's easy... For, well, it's not easy, but there is a lot that we notice. And particularly, he's read the books that I haven't read, right, Ordo? <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, I definitely had more interest in the uh, Old Republic 
pre-Clone Wars, through the Clone Wars novels, uh, some of the stuff like, uh, what the hell is Darth, what's his name? The first... Malgus? Darth Bane. Darth Bane. Oh, uh, Bane. The Darth Bane, Bane series. Yeah. Uh, enjoyed that. And uh, I think Red did more of the Starfighter ones. Well, mine was essentially everything OT and after was really my heavy. I, there were others sprinkled in. Of course, you had to read Plagueis and a few of the others. But um, yeah, I definitely... I know Ordo got into a lot of the clone troopers and the, and the, the trooper type stuff. Whereas I got more into the uh, X-Wing novels, where there were like nice. 12 of them, so I read all of those. You'd actually like this, uh, Red and I, at Web Phoenix Comic Con, I got a chance to meet Michael Stackpole. Oh, nice. Oh, mad jealous. I, I like his books. <laughs> he was he was great, and I actually had an interview set up with him but he for Sunday, but he had to cancel. At the last minute, we were actually going to be talking about the uh, Aaron Alston Foundation, who's another writer of the X-Wing books who passed uh, yeah, away. Yeah, who passed away recently, which is unfortunate. He was yeah. a great author. Yeah. Yeah, for anyone who doesn't know, Michael Stackpole is a regular author for Star Wars novels through Legends. He's got quite a few that he wrote for the, the EU. Yeah, mostly in the X-Wing series. Yeah, that's one series I know I I haven't got into only because it wasn't on audible audible book in unabridged format. So well, he's actually the author. I think I think Ordo said at one point that it was might have been one of his favorite, but the I Jedi, which is the only other novel written hmm. from first person until yeah. uh, or the Jedi, came Jedi out. yeah, I, I Jedi was really neat because before it was Legends, it introduced this whole new concept or really introduced it of Jedi's and Force users being able to absorb. Uh, energy in to themselves. Yeah, it was ironic because it was it was in the freaking original trilogy. Han shoots Vader with his blaster, and Vader sticks right. his hand up, and nothing happens to him. Right? Right. But it doesn't ricochet anywhere either. Point had ever used that ability. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, they didn't. No one ever delved into it to explain how Vader was able to do that. In this book, really, he's a the Jedi uh, Corn Horn. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay, Corn Horn is unusual because he cannot use telekinesis, but he can absorb energy like no one other, no one else can. It's his special talent. But once he absorbs energy, then he can put that into massive telekinesis stronger than other people. I never read that one, but I like that character from the EU and the other books I've read with him in it. It's really cool. Well, so if you got to, to, to briefly speak with him or whatever, did you get to find out if he's actually going to be contributing to the Star Wars canon again in the future? He hasn't been asked, and he hasn't asked. It seems like he just wanted to focus on his own stuff. He has a uh, the beginning of a new trilogy in the fantasy realm coming out now, so he's focusing more on that side. Okay. But I did get him. I did get to meet uh, um, Wendig, who's writing Aftermath, and he's all oh. excited. And he's actually a big uh, Stackpole fan as well, so... It was kind of Excellent. cool meeting we're, him. We're looking for uh, that book when it comes out. We're going to be covering it in an episode, I think, a week and a half after the book comes out. Yeah, he actually said that he'd be willing to come on and do an interview. So if I uh, set that up, maybe we can do a big group thing. That'd that be cool. would be fantastic. Hook us up, for sure. Yeah, so we'll we'll talk more about what you guys have coming up in the future a little bit later when we get to the Star Wars section. But definitely check out It's a Trap. Right, so basically, to finish that wrap up is that yeah we're basically kind of like a book club if you're reading this stuff if you're in the comics or whatever every single episode stands completely independent it's a different format than probably a lot of people are used to on podcasts where we're trying to make sure that every individual episode is timeless so it doesn't matter when you read the book if you don't want to listen to the show until you read the book you can go back Mm -hmm. we're not going to 
you know, be talking about the latest trailer for Episode 7 on our show. We want it to all be about the current topic at hand, and with the freedom that we can actually go back and re-record it, if at some point it turns out that we were completely wrong on some of the ambiguous material. Like, if it does turn out that it is conclusively established 100% that our entire take on the novel was false, we'll re-record it. <laughs> and then we'll have to tie in why, because, you know, a movie or something has said, no, everything that you said was wrong. We will re-record. But until then, we do want everything to stand alone. So it's it's a bit different. We did a dabble with a, a new mini-episode recently, just spoilerific about the most recent comic book. I don't know if you do spoilers on your show, so I won't mention what it was, but Darth Pops, or Mar Marshall did get to be our guest for that, which is great, because... We haven't been as current with the comic material. Um, well, I was so. just about to say that's, that's one of the things I like about your show is that you can definitely do that. And that's one thing that you're right. A lot of other podcasts aren't doing. And like just today, we're going to talk about three Marvel comics and we're going to spoil the heck out of them. So excellent. Know, we have to put spoiler tags in our stuff. And I'm sorry you have to be along for the ride, boys. So, <laughs> so okay. no, no, no. Hey, when well, you run a spoiler cast, you have to be uh, willing. People so. are going to bring you on and say, hey, you want to spoil this with us? And we're like, well, <laughs> I guess we don't have a choice because that's kind of our thing. Well, you're here now, so, so yeah. you're trapped. And so. we, exactly, we have had some trapped. good feedback, though, from quite a few people at this point who have listened without having read the material. And now they're just excited to actually go by and pick up the book because they want to... Uh, oh. To have you yeah, know, still read it after the fact, which is cool. Yeah, we really try cool. and and present the each of the books to where if you don't want to read them, you can sit down, you can listen to our podcast, and get a concept of what the story was and key things in it, so you can walk away and know that this stuff happened without reading through a whole bunch of minutia on Wikipedia or just coming in blind to some other novel. Well, and that's the other thing. We're going to get a whole bunch of stuff here pretty quick too leading up to the force awakens so and not everybody's gonna be able to read all of it so i think it's I, I think it's awesome what you guys are doing it helps that ordo reads like a fiend and can finish an entire novel in like a day and a half so so yeah i read really <laughs> slow and i have no time to sit down and read so i just listen to audiobooks really fast <laughs> yeah i remember when i used to be able to read that fast and then i got my history degree and yeah, that ruined my love of reading for a while. <laughs> you know, so I had to... your love of reading went history. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, college college made me not want to read anything serious because I did criminal <laughs> justice, and you read some oh. pretty serious material. Um, jailhouse fun that's not so fun, and it's like mm, I don't want to read anything heavy ever again. Yeah, well, with history, it's like everything is just so. Especially when you're getting into the theory portion of it, it's all really dense. And, you know, we were yeah. reading like 1,500 pages a week around, across the classes, and it's all really theory-based, and it's not. not your. Uh, it's not like you're flipping through a, you know, a Sunday reader, you know? Yeah, and unfortunately, for some reason, historians, as much as they love a story, are really bad at writing them. Absolutely. <laughs> you get the rare, uh, rare occurrence of, like, David McCullough or... Uh, Dor Doris Kearns is a good win, but yeah, most of them cannot write to save a lick. You know, nothing. They're just bad. Okay, ready? Do it. <laughs> All right, let's get to the slow tour section, boys. All right, so uh, we'll start with community shoutouts. Uh, one of our loyal listeners, this guy cracks me up, uh, Zerna Bog. We got his name right this time, I think. All right. 
his latest Zerna blog, he tweeted me and basically said he mentioned us. So I thought this was cool. He also mentioned you guys. So I'm just going to say what he said real quick and we'll all pat ourselves on the back. So he says, Marshall and Well do a great job on the usual podcast. They focus on slow tour, Star Wars in general, and finally geek and pop culture all in the same show. Check them out. These guys are badass. Thank you. And I love their t- the taste in beer. And it goes on to say, Redna has also recently come up with a new podcast that examines the role of canon since Disney's takeover of Star Wars. In his new podcast, it's a trap with a great co-host, Ordo. So everybody, everybody gets a little love there, huh? So, yeah. hooray! <laughs> Yay thanks, for us. Zernbog. Yeah, thanks for <laughs> thanks for being a friend of the show, dude. We appreciate. I'm it. trying really, really hard to get Ordo to get more followers. So hey, guys, that's at or O R D O O S K I R A T A. Yes, on Twitter. I think I think I'm up to like 68 followers. There you go. Nice. Ooh, you have been growing. That's like three times since we started the show. <laughs> well, I think before we started the show, my followers were like you, my wife, her friend who. I, yeah, and uh, the Hobbit. The yeah, the Hobbit. Our friend, the Hobbit. Um, and uh, there were a few other people, random people. I think your teeny cast followed me because they had me on the show once. Nice, twice. <laughs> oh yeah, twice. <laughs> <laughs> well, he actually goes on to tell uh, to say that uh, Marshall, Will, and Master Lou have gotten me interested into checking out a Coffee with Kenobi, and we've talked about. I know Red and I've talked about that podcast before. They they do a great I show. I love so. them. They were actually one of the core inspirations to our uh, our show for, with their uh, legend storyline. No, definitely, that's a great one. All right, so next, uh, Master Lou. Speaking of Master Lou, uh, I just I just had to give him another shout out because this has been like his fourth week in a row. But the funny thing about this guy is he's like now demanding other people listen to our show. That's and, how Zerdabog uh, got in. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, he basically said we're actually going to meet him when we go to San Diego. So I'm pretty pumped about that. So. Uh, he said, we're stoked to meet you. He loves us. And yeah, we love you too. Great. Love all around. I missed the chance to meet him. Did and you? I'm so freaking perturbed because it was like, it was, I think it was at PAX South and I was at a, um, you know, the community cantina for Star Wars, the Old Republic and freaking we're just, my phone had no freaking reception and I was trying so hard and he was trying and like also my phone at the time was having this major problem with the Twitter app where I would tweet something and it would wait two hours before it would actually go off of my phone. Oh, that's convenient. Yeah. So really good for communicating with people, you know, <laughs> Especially in a I was timely so manner. disappointed that I didn't get to meet him in person. Uh, oh, well. Oh, well. Well, we'll hopefully meet him in San Diego and reception can be iffy down there too because every single person's on their phone at all times. So we'll see. Ooh, by the way, uh, I believe Dave Dorman will be there too, which if you don't know who Dave Dorman is, uh, I'm sure that everybody knows about the, the whole storyline about the emperor coming back as a clone, um, in the extended universe. Mm-hmm. He did all of the cover art for that. Oh, nice. Wow. Is he going to have a booth or anything? Do you know? Or I, I assume he will because yeah. you know for him it's a huge networking marketing opportunity. He yeah. should he should have a booth or something set up. I think this will be his twenty eighth year in a row at Comic Con. Oh wow, wow! And oh, he yeah. has actually been I think it's two or three times he's been like the guest of honor or something. Cool. Um, so you, I'm sure if you start asking around for where's Dave Dorman, you can find him. Nice. Yeah, the schedule will be out soon, and and I usually I hunt around through the floor a lot too, and. So and and look at booths. So I'll definitely hunt him hunt him down. So yeah. well, and he's cool too because like he got his uh, career started by doing. I think mostly he started with Indiana Jones doing cover art for for the comic series way back in the day. Oh, that's cool. And then when 
Dark Horse picked up being able to do the Star Wars stuff, then they um, he was already familiar with Lucas through Indiana Jones. And so uh, when when they went, to, I think they went to Lucas about who who they should ask, and and Lucas actually asked for Dave Dorman to do that. So. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, Lucas, Which also, uh, hello, cool. how excited are we that Lucas has got his freaking museum about to come up in Chicago? Oh, it's going to oh, be cool. OMG, it's going to be incredible. Like, I've never been to Chicago City, like, proper. I've been to the state, but I will go once that museum opens. Chicago is <laughs> a pretty cool town. My sister went to UIC uh, for, she lived there for, shoot, eight years or so. I went out there a few times. Yeah, she's not there anymore, but I'll still go out there and go to that museum. Yeah, man. And so the cool thing is some of Dave Dorman's art will be up <laughs> and available in that. Oh, that's that's cool. I've been excited in the uh, – Marshall and I played this uh, Star Wars card trader uh, app game, and they've uh, started releasing – it's like trading cards, right? Like you trade trading cards, and they've been releasing some Ralph McQuarrie stuff. I have to stop playing that. Oh, MG. Okay, yeah. How freaking pissed am I that Tops isn't on Android? Like, here's That's the finger to you issue. too. Ouch. <laughs> Biggest failure of all time. Because, hello, I do spend money on my mobile device, but you're going to the smallest operating... Okay, Kate, okay, Windows is smaller. But... <laughs> <laughs> you're in the middle. <laughs> but come on. I mean, it's like, yes, they've got the largest single device market share, but they've got... It's trivial compared to Android, and you're right. not per- even making it an offer to, like, 85% of the global population right now? Well, it's he was asked that on an interview, but, I mean, I have to imagine they're working on it still, right? Well, I mean, the funny thing is they are available through Google Play, though. What is what is that? Well, I have Google Play, but why, who uses that? Come on, dude. Uh, <laughs> I do. Are so they I- really? Because now I'm like... You see, that's my stunned silence that you just heard. I yeah, mean. that's that's how I because I have a uh, the the card trader app and then also uh, tops uh, soccer and baseball uh, apps and I have them both on my iPhone and my uh, Samsung tablet. Well, there we go. Might be a workaround. Okay, so, yep, yep. Research. <laughs> just, just to clarify one thing for you, Redna, with the launch of iPhone 5s and 5c, Apple acclaimed. 42% of the market share for mobile phones. Yeah, welcome to 2015, said, my you friend. You said 15%. <laughs> that was 2014. So I don't think that they lost... You said 15%. You I don't check think it they out, lost that market. Because you know what? In countries like China and India, it's not Apple that's on the rise. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Last mini shout out. This is pretty much just the... Just to announce that the Galactic Gamers Coalition, episode number six, is available. I was uh, lucky enough to be asked to be on that, so I was pretty stoked about that. So uh, the Teeny Cast hosted. Uh, actually, every a new podcast is going to host. They're going to try to do it every month. Next uh, month is uh, Beyond the Stars. So Chill and Tio were on. Paige from uh, Beyond the Stars. Uh, Brian from Bad Feeling Podcast. Uh, Louis, Louis, Louis Solon, yeah, from Healing Soul Tour was there. No, not Lewis alone. That's not right. Anyway, Lewis. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Lewis from Healing Sotar. I, I said Beyond the Stars, and then I'm like, oh, uh, yeah. Agent Olan. Agent Olan. Beyond yeah. the Stars. See what I did? <laughs> you see what I did? All right. So anyway, Lewis from Healing Sotar was there, and thankfully he was, because there was a lot of healing talk. I could not participate in that at all. But anyway, moving on. And then, of course, uh, Jason from Carillion Run Radio. It was a fun show. Uh, we talked healing changes, PvP changes, and the live stream. I just, they asked me what I thought of the healing changes. I was just like, I don't heal. <laughs> I haven't healed since EverQuest 2, so I could not participate. But it was still fun. Well, since that covers on, on our show in a little bit, I'll fill you in. There we go. go. 
Sweet. All right, last thing. Um, I wanted to put this kind of more towards the top of the show of Swotor section. Uh, we have said we're going to Comic Con, but we usually talk about it towards the end of the show. We're doing the Community Cantina event, of course, for Swotor. So if you have questions, I'm going to try to corner somebody from the community team. I think Nick Avola is going to be there. Uh, I can usually, you know, corner Eric for a couple minutes. Uh, and then, and then I think Tate should probably be there too. So if you have questions, I'm happy to ask them. I'll compile them. So send them to the usual podcast at gmail.com. So there we go. Don't talk to Musco because he is artful at speaking and never gives real answers. No, he's really good. Yeah. I've met him uh, over, over a half dozen times at various events. And yeah, he's, he's do- dodges and weaves around, around, uh, questions pretty good. Yeah. I don't think he's ever, yeah. I don't think he's ever actually given out any legitimate information. <laughs> no, no, nothing exclusive has ever come from him. I actually got exclusive information from Amber Green back when she was still a part of the yeah. community team, but it was because I was feeding her drinks. <laughs> exactly. Right? And then she gave me a really juicy tidbit. I think it was actually about the fact that GSF was off rails or something like that. Nice. But this was months in advance. And then, like, she came back to me afterwards. She's like, by the way, please do not report on that. I, I, I really can't have you reporting on that. And I was like, okay, I won't. So I totally kept it off. Well, I've <laughs> noticed the last couple community events I've been to, the, they don't drink as much. Eric hasn't since the devs do in at least three years. Eric hasn't. But no, the Eric de- has cut himself off. The yeah. devs are, um, Bruce, Bruce was at the last time, uh, two times ago when I saw him, he was, uh, but yeah. Definitely Eric has, and I don't know if, I know Tate was last time, I think. Tate was, yeah. Yeah, he was, last time I saw him. But anyway, I'm looking forward um, to it, so ask Tate, we'll be there too. Because he was so good about getting us those uh, nightlife achievements back, accepting the rancor. So ask him when they're going to fix that one. Accepting the rancor? What's that? Yeah, the rancor achievement for the nightlife event. Isn't fixed yet. I don't have it, and I definitely have it. I still have the freaking rancor in my bag. I Wasn't that supposed to be fixed it. with the next up, with this update? When the it was, I, almost all of them were. Oh god, that's, I'm sorry. Dude, almost all, but the ranker, you know, like one of the most difficult ones to get. Yeah. Uh, one yeah. Wasn't, so. <laughs> well, that's but, a I good mean, it segue. Was because literally I had two achievements out of like a dozen. Yeah. So when that patch came in, I did get all of them back, but one, that's Except a much better one. ratio. That's not bad. <laughs> well, speaking of, uh, well, might as well start with you, Red. What did you do in game this week? Okay. So I did ops because yeah, I'm I'm still loving the ops content. It's really just a heck of a lot of fun for me. We're on walkers with our pub group. The irony is, uh, Inorda's in the same ops group with me for this. He uh, He's our tank, I'm the healer, and it's just an incredible situation that we're in that this pub side ops group that we have is just the most brilliant, mechanically-minded group in the world that just can't seem to do damage. <laughs> <laughs> you got all the like, tactics down, but no damage. <laughs> right. We just rock that freaking enraged timer <laughs> all day awesome. long. <laughs> yeah, if, if we had had the people doing the DPS, I, I mean, we would have had it beaten three times in a row. Perfect. No deaths. <laughs> I mean, we just hit enrage timer. I mean, enrage timer. We we ran out of time. Everyone dies. So beyond that, I did get to do. um, I I realized that in for the conquest or when they introduced conquests and strongholds, that there's a bunch of achievements that come from it, and some of them are in the strongholds. So I realized that I uh, could get all of the decorations achievements done just by hitting the vendor that I had installed in my stronghold. Uh So I just sat there and bought the proper type. You know, this many containers, this many plants, this many whatever. And so I maxed all of those out. I am just shy 
of 30,000 achievement points at this point. So freaking close. It's like 29,600 or something like that. I always thought Will was bad. I think you have him beat by quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, actually. I well, it really helps having done all the advan- or all the base classes stories all the way through. It's true. Yeah, I've done all the base class stories. What really kills me is I don't do any GSF or PvP, and so I don't have any of that stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's that, too. See, uh, Ordo and I have both leveled characters through PvP together, side by side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then when GSF came out, I think neither one of us did anything other than GSF for probably three months. And mastered yeah, quite a that, few ships doing that. Uh, all Swotor was to me was GSF. I didn't play anything <laughs> else. No, regular PvP, no. We didn't raid, nothing. We got on. I got on one character. I played GSF for three months. And I leveled from 1 to 55 on the same character without doing any class story or any missions or anything with GSF. Oh, my God. Dude, that's crazy. Yeah, and actually, I never <laughs> even really played the, the old space quests. Oh, I like those. I oh, the on-rails ones, you know, they were so good for experience. Yeah. You yeah, I would do it to, that to cap a level day. pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah, it was like a level every day just doing the dailies. It was yeah. remarkable. All right, Ordo, uh, what about you? Wait, wait, wait. Because oh, of done. the fact Sorry. that I didn't keep that uh, trooper <laughs> that I leveled through GSF a trooper, I did end up making it a vanguard for PvP purposes. Oh. Uh, I have actually g- grabbed a trooper and been leveling it as a trooper, and I hit 40. Nice. As a trooper. I'm not a commando. I'm not a vanguard. I'm a freaking trooper. <laughs> and so, if anybody's curious, at level 40, you have stock strike, explosive round, which is like um, a single target with slight AOE. AOE. Right, right. Yeah, it's really terrible. Mortar volley, which is cool. Pulse cannon, which is melee cool. High impact bolt and sticky grenade. That is every single offensive ability I have. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have interrupt because that is advanced class specific. Dude, but does anything even die? <laughs> yes, because since I've done all of the base classes, my presence is like 700 oh, for my awesome. companion. So I just stand back and let my companion finish. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> That's um, awesome. And on a whim, I did uh, on Sunday. I decided to hop on Ebon Hawk, started a brand new character. Well, it's actually one of the characters that I give out prizes on my stream with, and uh, leveled him up, hit level twenty. It's an RP server, and I realized that they're doing some uh, really cool RP stuff on that server on occasion. And I wanted to have it around and learn how to RP. I know nothing about it. I've never done it, and I know that there's a lot of like really tricky, crazy stuff when it comes to RPing in a video game. But at some point, I really will want to do that. So that's what I've been doing. Awesome. All right, Ordo, what about you, man? For me, it's been uh, not as much stuff, but staying busy. Uh, I'm at night three. Last night was night three of my four nights a week of raiding. I do two different raid groups. Uh, the, the Republic Ops group with Red and then a Imperial and I play the same class. I just legacy transfer the gear from uh, side to side. So I tank with my uh, power tech slash vanguard. And then sometimes I DPS as well. Depends on what the need is. Uh, but yeah, through walkers and on the on the imp side. And now we're having trouble with underlurker with bugs and bugs on uh, torque. torque. Yeah, and so we're we're starting to work on the uh the what's the new boss on Zios called? I don't know, the monolith. Monolith. Yeah, well, we're working on the monolith. That's it. On Zios. 
But the one upside is we had to kill the world boss to get the buff for Monolith, and I got the uh, Stronghold decoration, the big platform, which is the world boss. I mean, it's full size and everything. Oh, that's cool. Sits on the sits on the Starfighter platform. I mean, it's massive. <laughs> it's really cool. And it moves too, right? Yeah, it, it moves just like it doesn't walk around, but it's got that slow body movement. Like if you're sta- if you're standing still or you're on a mount that stands still. Cool. Nice. Yeah, I wanted to. I haven't dived too far into into Zyle, so I'd like to do a little more out there. What server are you guys on? The Bastion. Bastion. I used to be on Bastion. I moved over to Shadowlands. Anyway. Yeah, and he, he dragged me along with him. PvP server for life. Yeah, I was having a hard time with it, man. I don't like having to look my watch my back every five minutes, just doing something. Yeah, see, this <laughs> what, is the thing, man. As long as I fall asleep at my friends. computer. You guys are solo YOLO, right? I know, yeah, yeah, We are freaking, yeah. <laughs> we play with friends or we don't play. Yeah. <laughs> so no, when I... you're out in the open world, that's just fine. I don't need to watch my back because I got a friend watching it for me. <laughs> It's a good point, man. Like, we rarely even get to play together, let alone. I'm, I just play in the middle of the night for a little bit, and then I fall asleep. So, um, all right, well, what would you do this week? Um, I actually didn't do too much because of school, but uh, I did get on to do quite a bit of, uh, you know, just maintenance stuff of organizing you know, all my materials and stuff. But I did get a chance to do some achievement hunting. Um, I was able to finish off everything non-PVP related on both Corellia and uh, Ilum. So that was wow. nice. Oh, really? Ilum. Yeah. Um well done. There are there are that. two uh of the elites that I can't beat yet because they're part of a a PVP storyline of some sort that I just haven't run yet. But the uh but I I got all of the, you know, kill all the droids you need to do and all that stuff. So all that's done. I'm like 87% on both planets. So I did. Ooh, what about recently with the Gree event? Were you able to finish that? No, I with the Gree event, it's uh, you know, as Marshall can attest, what was it, the uh, the last time the Gree event started? I was like, he's like, dude, look up in the sky because I I don't really look up. <laughs> I know, I I heard your show. Yeah, it is awesome too, right? That freaking shit. It is. I'm like, wow, that's and awesome. it's only there during the event. It's like one of the few things that they do that's really cool with I'm an like, event. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, how did you not see that? How well, do you it, not see that? It takes me back to when the game first started. Because when Marshall first got me playing this game in beta, my my rig was horrible. I mean, we spent, we were trying to get data, we were datacron hunting on Huda, <laughs> And we were, you know, the one where you have to go on the pipe. It took us like two <laughs> hours for me to be able to jump because I couldn't get, because my, my FPS was like one and a half. It was pretty oh, bad. It, it was, was horrible. And then I bought a computer like three months later with a with an, an NVIDIA flash uh, video card. I'm like, oh, this is what it's supposed to look like? <laughs> <laughs> was, things were easier after that, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely much so. easier. So, uh, so yeah, I did that. I, like I said, finished up uh, Corellia and Ilum, and I was working on um, on Zyast a little bit, just doing the, the dailies there. Corellia is the capital, right? Or is Corellia the final planet? No, Corellia is the, the final end planet. planet. So shiznits and gazigals. You're doing good on the planets, man. Oh, yeah. He's crazy yeah, about when that the, stuff, With dude. the PvE stuff, I'm, like, location-wise, on all overall location, I'm probably about 80%. Um, what, what's killing me is, with the upper planets, they have the, the PvP requirements of you having to kill 10 of the other faction. And since Marshall moved me over to Shadowlands, you know, you can't just pick off people. So, 
Why do you blame yeah. me? Just blame me. Fine, this is where cool. you need to get into the forums and start being social and Marshall. gather people to say, hey, let's all flag ourselves on this day and just kill yeah, trade for some achievement purposes. Yeah, I just need a <laughs> good idea. You know, with Marshall getting out of school and me getting out of school, I think we'll just, you know, both log in as a pub and an imp respectively and just, you know, kill each other in a corner somewhere. <laughs> now, now yeah, I, I will the, say the 100 is. Go ahead. That it is legacies are server wide, you know, so you can go have a character on another server on a pvp server and do it it's a good point no, too no, no, no. oh it's account wide it's not just server wide it's not account wide it's not it's not oh that's no. right you but you can use my transfer. refer a friend link and get a free character transfer well <laughs> wait but if you transfer over and then you transfer back doesn't it bring it brings that yes with you, it will it? merge it all together when you do the transfer right so yeah. you could go and get your pvp achievements so and then come start back. a character on bastion Oh, I see what you're saying. I've then got, I've got over. level one, so I will play with you all day long and level you up and do the achievements <laughs> with you because obviously you're doing a heck of a lot better. Actually, no, I won't level up with you. I'll level level up against you, and then we'll be on the same planets at the same time and just kill each other a whole bunch. <laughs> that that would work for me because the PvP achievements are what I'm really lacking on. I'm I'm seriously like, you know, three percent on PvP. I'm I'm zero on ops. Actually, I I, I ran my first op like. Uh, what a month ago, Marshall? Yeah, we we tried to duo that op. That was funny. Uh, but we've I dragged you into some war zones. You have some of those. I guess that's yeah, why I've got some war zone stuff. Um, no, but he's talking about the PvP achievements. Yeah, on the location on the planet. Yeah, where you've got to like kill a Jedi, two Jedi Sentinels, and you've got to take down ten of the rival faction and stuff like that. It's just makes sense. You should um. Don't forget that on the planets, under the PvP tabs, is you can just grab a friend or two and just go kill the city guards. Because that's actually a good number of achievement points just doing that. And it really is PvE. Yeah, you're just assuming I have friends. No, just, <laughs> no. Well, you got Marshall. Yeah, and Marshall and I are just very rarely on at the Shadow same time. Lands, so. Shadowlands. Hey, anybody on the Shadowlands, let's hit us up. <laughs> Come I on, got Shadowlands. Friends. I got go. lists from award winners from my stream. I'll freaking start sending them in-game mails. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'll give them your name and just say, listen, <laughs> if you see him online, join up. <laughs> Absolutely. I welcome all of that because I need a, I, I still, like, I, I just kind of hide out where I can try to pick them off one at a time, but it's just. He needs more friends. I do. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, you get, you gave me friends in Marvel Puzzle Quest. I'm ready to give you friends in the solo talk. Thank you, Red, and I appreciate that. <laughs> there you go. Alright, so this week, I did the nightlife event. Why? I don't know. Has, have we confirmed, are any of the rewards different? Does anybody know? No. Well, I haven't checked the vendor, but I know for a fact there's no new achievements. Okay. Because I had all the achievements. The achievements entirely encompassed um, things that you bought off of the vendor previously. Yeah, well, the only I was... achievement I don't have, because I never got the Rancor, so... Yeah, I was doing something the other day on my other screen. I was just like, well, I haven't logged into Sotor. Nightlife started. I'll just be like, all right. So I started doing it. I don't, I get addicted to it. I'm just clicking the dang thing, clicking it. Anyway, I don't need to, but I was doing it anyway. There's still a mad universal utilization of the fact that there's these legacy transferable weapons on it. Yeah. I mean, they're great. And some of them are really cool, and it's okay to have more than one. <laughs> yeah. So I'll probably do that a little bit more. I, I'm trying to sell some stuff because I, oh man, I have to have that Yavin Stronghold. We'll mm-hmm. talk about that later, but I'm going to buy that. But I, I hear it's very expensive. Uh, I was loving my Merc a little bit, but not too much. And I'm probably going to buy another Hypercrate. I think a new one just, the new one just came out. So I'm going to give the Platinum Pack another chance because I got robbed <laughs> last time. Marshall, you suck robbed. at RNG. So don't, don't take your oh, chances. Dude. 
It's heartbreaking, man. It's just, it was so sad. I got like another power crystal that I got eight of. It was annoying. But anyway. Have you equipped the cyan blue something or another? Like it's three blue colors color crystal. Mm-mm. I've gotten this twice in packs now that people have given me. I don't think I've equipped it. No. Is that the one that was in the last pack? I haven't equipped it anything yet because I just bought it all and, and I was going to sell some of it. Honestly, I have no idea what packs it was in. Somebody just gave me a pack and said, here, open this. Sweet. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like I right click before I even look at what the name is. <laughs> yeah, The packs are another achievement thing I'm trying to to finish off because, you know, I was always spending my cartel coins to transfer people from Bastion to, to Shadowlands, so I was never able to buy packs. And now I'm, I'm basically just going and buying old packs on the GTN and, and trying to finish off the rep on those. Oh, the rep. Okay, see, so other than the rep that was on the, you know, that, um, the slot machine that you got to put into your strongholds, mm-hmm. before it was busted, I maxed out that rep in, like, two hours. Oh, I did the same thing. Wow. As soon as I heard about just that, I, I just up. jumped on the guild ship and did that for, for about an hour <laughs> and, and a half. And then they super nerfed it, and I was so glad that I'd done it, because I have not consumed a rep token of any of those other ones, because if I pull up rep, I want to be able to filter out not started and completed to see the real ones I still need to finish. Yeah, that's what I do too. And I'm down to, I think there's only five reps I need to complete. And all of them are uh, pack-based except for Gree and Bounty Contract. Ah, okay. So you're you're having trouble with the events. Yeah, and that's probably because you're playing solo. Yeah, mm-hmm. we need to get you some friends. Whereas <laughs> more, mine are all packs except for GSI and... Oh, and I bet you the same one you don't have either, the um, heroic missions for the flight, old school on-rails flight dailies. Yeah, I don't have that Those one. are, yeah. dude, those are so hard. Those missions are hard, dude. They are, but it's like, it's actually like the old school console video games that oh, once yeah. you start to get them, it's like it's, when it's you all can patterns. say you've beat yeah. uh, Super Mario Brothers, the original, all exactly. the way through World 8. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with fun. you. It is satisfying, but hard. <laughs> I was frustrated. I, I when those came out, I played them. You know, I got the you know what grade seven uh, modifications or whatever. Got on there, tried them all, almost beat one of them a couple of times, and it was just like Nintendo days. I was like, I have to stop this because I'm going to throw something. So anyway, <laughs> it is. And what's worse is, unlike Super Mario Brothers, you can't pause. Exactly. I'm like, you know, I need like, a break. Oh I my need gosh, a I just perfectly did that. Let me hit pause so that I can calm down a Regroup. second before I go to the next hard part. <laughs> and no, just stuff just keeps flying at you. So anyway. Um, all right, boys, should we get to the news? Game update 3.3, PTS patch notes. Uh, I'm not going to run through all these because I just don't do that. But uh, there there was a little bit a little bit of an issue after the live stream. They said it was going to go up later that day. It didn't. It actually went up last Friday. Uh, so that said, they put up the feedback threads as they do for the Warzone AOE interrupt changes, the Merc, the Merc uh, Commando changes, Operative Scoundrel, and Sorcerer Sage changes. Of course, we'll put the link in the show notes if you want to check those out. Merc Commando changes. All I'm going to tell you <laughs> is flat out, they're making us more bursty. Like, I can already crit a single heal for, like, 17k. And they're making that bigger. I think that's a good thing, right? Like, my tanks are going to be so happy when I can freaking take them from 5% to 75% in one and a half seconds. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That, yeah. That, that's like, a nice way to have friends. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> people like you more. <laughs> That's all I'm I truly appreciate that. <laughs> it's just an, 
insane. Otherwise, it looks like quality of life improvements, and legitimately so for the scoundrels. Not much in the way of changes, particularly. And then sages, it sounds like a bunch of people are boo-hooing and crying. I think legitimately over one singular thing, which is a consumption or noble sacrifice. It's still that consumption removed. thing. Yeah. Um, and quite frankly, I don't like it when they remove an ability because it changes what the dynamic of the class plays like. And so I can understand that complaint. And But let's not get too upset. There's still a month before this is supposed to come out. And they're responding to feedback they have previously as well. And hopefully they find a solution that's a little bit more palatable and keeps the genuine style of the class current. That's the thing that I take away from what everyone else is talking about. And there are people that are upset that, oh, their abilities cost more. Yeah, except they've had no force management problems. They should cost more. And as a result, they're getting better heals from it for them costing more. But, you know, give them a reason to actually have to utilize force management. I'm 100% behind that. So, quite frankly, that single ability is the only problem I have with it. I think that BioWare is smart enough to figure it out. And they're listening to the community right now. So I'm done with it. That's everything I had to say about healers. Go. Well, I mean, I think that's something that I've been, that I fully agree with. It does look like they're really trying to listen and make, I mean, they pulled out those changes from that they were going to implement before with healers with the sorks, right? I mean, they realized, okay, that's not going to work. The community hates it. They pulled it, right? So, and, I mean, and some of the scoundrel operative stuff too. Right. Um, and, and these current changes have addressed the concerns and they no longer are present. Like people were really upset that you couldn't have two stacks of their hot. They aren't doing that anymore. You can still have your two hot stacks of the hot. Like, they seem to genuinely be listening and changing. They, The other thing that is just great about this post is that they, have, on, on the forums and everything, and anybody who has avoided the forums like a plague, such as myself, <laughs> go too. in there right now because the environment in there is much better when it comes to the devs. They are actually letting you know not just what they're doing. They're actually letting you know what they're trying to achieve. Their stated goal across all of the healing classes is they want them to have relevance as burst healers as well as strong enough sustained healing DPS and enough mobility and force management. And all of the classes need to be able to actually have to manage their resource. That's pretty much their universal goal (laughs) for all three of the healing classes while still being unique as healers. We never knew what their goal was before. That's a huge shift and change. And now when you want to give feedback about disliking something about it, then give them an idea of how they could achieve their goals without doing it in the change you don't like, you know? (laughs) I'm with you. And I think the more communication, the more, you know, transparency, whatever you want to call it, is better, you know? And and so when the changes go live and nobody tests it and everybody's going to complain about it, right, that, you know... It's like you don't vote, but then you complain who's in office. It's like, well, then vote, you know? So, anyway. And I have not gotten on the PTS. I will. This cool. definitely has a lot to do with the healers, and I'm a healer right now, so I'm not going to be the schlub saying uh, boo-hoo, boo-hoo, <laughs> boo-hoo without ever actually going to see what it is, you know? <laughs> exactly. All right, so this is something I, w- I kind of tried to bring up on the GGC the other day, and I don't know if... I just wasn't coming across right or what was happening. There's a lot of people on that cast, but maximum usable hooks, especially in the gorgeous new stronghold is the name of the thread. And it says the, you know, and this is an issue I have with like, I decked out, uh, what was it? Droman cost pretty good, but I still haven't unlocked all the rooms I have, but I don't have any more hooks. You know what I mean? And I can't put any more. I can't place anything else because I've reached my maximum hook allowance. Does that make sense? So it says, so we're still reviewing the number of hooks allowed for Yavin 4 Stronghold. So the number which was shown during our stream is not necessarily indicative of the final hook allowance. 
We thank you for your feedback, etc. So, I mean, there's a, we'll talk about this more later, but there are so many hooks available for Yavin. It's unreal. I mean, and I thought Tatooine was good. I mean, this is, it's huge, huge inside, outside, on top of the thing. Uh, but you won't be able to fill all those hooks up, even if you wanted to. Now, clarify for me, because from what I understand, it is the fact that there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hook locations. Yes. But that doesn't mean that there are more hooks that you can use, right? No, what the, basically there's hundreds you of hooks only... available, but you can only fill a certain amount. Yeah, right. you can only use so many hooks. I think the limit is 500. I think that's right, 500. So if you can use 500 hooks, Yavin 4, just to throw a number, I have no idea. But we'll say Yavin 4 has 1,500. So you can put out 500 hooks onto any of those 1,500 you want, but you're never going to be able to fill all of them. Right, so the glory of the number of hooks is about the fact that you can literally put virtually any decoration that you want where you want. There aren't going to be these huge gaps of there's just no hooks placed in that location. You can actually put stuff where you want it. And I get the versatility for sure, but at the same time, you know, there's more decorations coming out all the time. You give us a huge stronghold like this. At some point, you know, another two years from now, I imagine I'll still be playing the game if it exists. I mean, I'm going to want to put fill up more than 500 hooks. At some point, I'm going to spend this summer, I'm going to spend some time and decorate the mess out of Yavin, right? But my whole thing is I'm not going to be able to fill up all those hooks if at, at any given point. No, I don't think you ever will. I mean, you can't fill up all the hooks in any of the strongholds currently. Right. And it's a performance issue, I'm sure. But, you know, I I don't know. I just think it's interesting. Hopefully they, they can increase that a little bit maybe in the future. Who knows? See, rather than these server mergers that everybody seems to be asking for, we need server splits so that we can have lower populations and, and higher hook utilization. And have more stuff. <laughs> I don't think that's a good trade-off. Can, can I have reason. my own server? I play solo anyway. <laughs> yeah, there we go. I think, I think RPs might like that better. Yeah, we'll go the solo server route instead of the mega servers. That's pretty funny. All right, so uh, let's see. So there's a there was a thread on Yavin 4 Stronghold Pricing. Uh, you know, obviously it's on the PTS right now, but it's not available to play on the PTS right now. Uh, but there was, there is a purchase price, but it's going to change. I keep hearing 10 million. Is that, is that what you guys are hearing? Holy crap. Yeah. If it's 10 million, then that's going to be fully unlocked. There's no way in heck that that's going to be initial purchase. I hope not. Hopefully yeah, that's 10 fully, million unlocked. fully unlocked. But if it's 10 million for initial purchase, that's going to become from my go from my highest priority stronghold to get set up to a f- it. I'm not going to mess with it. <laughs> like, forget it. <laughs> I hear you, man. I I hope it's fully unlocked. I really do. Honestly, I still have never bought a Tatooine. So, see, and that's why I'm broke. I, I haven't either. That's why I'm see, broke. I actually started with Tat. <laughs> I got my free Narshada with a few rooms, and I started with Tat and and went all the way through it. But that's because it was so fundamentally unique. Mm-hmm. The layout of the stronghold and everything is incredible. And the fact that you only need to purchase one additional room and you gain access to the entirety of the entire outdoor area was awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, it's so huge. And there's so Um, much space out there. And it was the only one with two uh, ship hooks, right? And I wanted to be able to put down a super giant statue as well as my copy of my uh, scoundrel ship, (laughs) you know, ready to... To escape as fast as possible. <laughs> well, Yavin has uh, two ship hooks now, too, right? 
I think I it, that they had. I think it has I four. Than that, I think it has like four. Sixteen centerpiece hooks. Yeah. And, yeah. I heard. I heard a lot more than that. Wow. Yeah. I had it written down somewhere. I think it's. Uh, I think it's six. I think you're right. It's sixteen centerpiece, fourteen or sixteen centerpiece hooks, and I think it's four spaceship hooks, but I'm not sure. Yeah. But it's a lot. Okay. Yeah. Pricing was the last bit, right? So I can actually talk about what I want to do with Yavin. Yes, please. <laughs> say all. Say anything you want. I am not in any way going to buy this flat out. One, I've already bought all of them. Mm-hmm. I've unlocked every single room. I've gotten my maximum conquest contribution by getting 100% in all of them. Now, granted, most of it looks like I just vomited my, you know, <laughs> container boxes and pets everywhere. But, <laughs> um, but my Tatooine one looks great. And quite frankly, I don't have the discretionary credits nor time to shut one down, start another one up, and put stuff in it i just I don't want to it just seems like a headache to me <laughs> i just I, I, see yeah i just hate coruscant and i don't use it so i'd rather have yeah, a cool well, one <laughs> see coruscant is just a junk hole i mean it's it's the one that i'm just like well let's go for the conquest and then i vomited my crap all over the floor <laughs> uh, i only unlocked as many rooms as i felt like it i think once they started costing over uh, or to cost a million i'm like oh i've unlocked enough here so i mean i'm gonna unlock course on all the way right now nar is my main but once the oven four comes out as long as it's not price prohibitive i'm going to focus on that one and unlock as much as i can or all of it and i've got a few cool like that monolith uh world boss uh decoration and out of a cartel pack i got the yavin arena which is basically when you do that uh story mission for where you fight revan mm-hmm. it's that oh, that's cool and it's a spaceship hook. Oh, that's awesome. Size one. So it'll it'll fit in real nice. Cool. Well, yeah, I'm going to buy it. But <laughs> we can but we, we can talk more Yavin later, I think. I don't know. I I'm going to buy it. I hate Coruscant. I'm going to leave it at that. So there we go. All right, guys. Uh so Warzone legacy boxes. So this was something they were talking about putting in for the new PVP changes. 99 uh basically you buy a lockbox, 99 Warzone comes. Then you can send it to somebody. Legacy bound, right? Uh, people obviously are saying that's not enough. It should be higher. Uh, so they're getting some new tech that's going to allow us to change things up. And the upcoming PTS refresh, you'll see that 99 lockbox removed. And in place, there are three items. 100, Warzone comp grant, 500, and then 1,000. Uh, and they'll be sold for how many comms they grant. But unfortunately, they won't stack. Uh, the, this goes back to something that Will and I have talked about quite a bit, too. Uh, as far as stacking, cause this is something that came up. People were like, well, can we do that with item stacks? Can we stack up our freaking mats? Can we stack up, you know, whatever, you know, adrenals and stuff for over 99, right? And Will and I talked about this many episodes ago, you know, increasing that to 999, right? Uh, but they basically said the tech does not allow item stacks. So I don't know. Yeah. Well, it's because it's a totally different thing. It's not an item that you're getting. It's a currency. And the way that that's registered in their systems is very different. Yeah. I don't know, dude. If I'm spending 99, it's not a currency. I'm buying an item it's that I spend for 99 and I get refunded for 99. That's how I see it. And it should stack just like I'm at. Period. The cost of the item should have no bearing on whether or not it can stack. Because it is singularly an item. Oh, yeah. The token, the Warzone Com Grants, mm-hmm. yeah, they should be stackable. Definitely. Yeah. Well, those should be but, stackable, but I'm, yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. But he, I believe 
Marshall is talking about why can we not make items like crafting materials stack to a thousand in one stack. And it's because it's just you're basically you have this token in your bag for the Warzone comms that says this will give you a, war, a thousand Warzone comms. I imagine they could do a token that will you click on it and it's like a box and it'll poop out, you know, <laughs> uh, nine stacks or ten stacks of of crafting materials. But then you'd have to ten stacks of ninety nine. Right. Exactly. Uh, it's just not the same format. Yeah, I understand the max of of ninety nine per stack. What what kills me is that there are still items that they haven't raised to 99. For example, you know, interrogation probes and the uh, the drinks they use for bounty contractors still maxed at, I think, 10. Yeah, I think it's 10. Why is that? Yeah, I don't understand why they have some of those random ones in there. doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's silly. Anyway, so maybe in the future, we can a man can dream, right? All right, so uh, the last... Uh, there's a couple more things here. So War Zones... On the PTS, they set up times as they do when they really want people to test the changes, right? So they put up some times this weekend, the 11th, 12th, and 13th, uh, 12, 2 to 5 on Thursday and Friday, and then 11 to 2, and these are Pacific times on Saturday. And basically they want people to queue up for solo um, or with some friends for regular, non-ranked, everything. So they just want to test the changes. Uh, and they want people to queue up. So the best way to do that, obviously, I guess, would be to concentrate times making an event right yeah and the thing that's really cool about this is if you get on the pts and you participate they're going to give you cartel coins for playing 10 games so you're there is a incentive to get people to get on and participate don't know how many they're going to give out though it probably won't be a whole lot but i mean that's not a lot of war zones and to get cartel coins for it it's pretty good so yeah if they give you 100 or 200 or 300 i mean that's pretty sweet yeah exactly dude even 50 would get me to do it I'm pretty lazy. I don't know if it's going to be good. And there, there's some, uh, there was some clarification too. People were like, do you have to play 10 a day? And it's just 10 total. So once you play 10, play 10, you'll get the, uh, you'll get the rewards. So that's good. What's next? Warzone comms conversion feedback. No, people are boohooing that the ranked Warzone comms are one to one. Oh, right. Yeah. I don't care about that. I honestly don't. <laughs> they're they're making it to where more people will participate in ranked war zones by making the gear more accessible. I didn't play ranked war zones because I wasn't getting the top tier gear because the time investment to get that top gear tier of war zone gear was far more than I would spend doing an ops to get the equivalent ops gear. Well, yeah, people are upset. Emote spam. So remember the remember that thing that they said they were doing with the with the credit spammers. The people that were repeating the same message over and over again, I, yeah. I guess. I guess there's an issue with people spamming emotes too. Good. <laughs> yes, there is because you know what? If you slash ignore somebody, it doesn't ignore their emotes, so and you can, can craft still... your own emote and still curse somebody out, and right. they can't ignore you. Sweet. Redna's in. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's a, a great way to do it. Um, I did like that they had that report that. Uh, they banned they banned a whole bunch of people and removed something like five billion cartel coins from the market. Yeah, that was crazy. That big the big sting on the farmers. I I, I like that a lot. No, it sounded super covert and kind of twenty four ish. Will and I were talking about it a few weeks ago. It's like they busted I still a credit think selling that, ring. Uh, their new their new community member had something to do with that because we know he worked for the NSA with data collection and analysis. Come on, <laughs> I just wanted to come forward and take credit for it. Say, look, I I, I busted him. It's me, you know? 
Be cool. Yeah, this might go back to the <laughs> exactly. fact that I don't have any friends, but uh, yeah, I actually <laughs> I never have general chat turned on. Some of the stuff ever gets to me, and even when. Well, but, never- the, but after the big credit selling ring bust, which I really like saying, the uh, there was a bunch of whispers. I've been getting tons of whispers about credit selling, which I think is super annoying. Yeah. yeah, and and they definitely said in the article about their bust of the the credit ring, um, it was really thanks to people reporting spam, mm. and they were able to concentrate in on the advertisers and go from there. Yeah, and I always report them, so mm-hmm. I like to think I had something to do with that. So let's move on. Hey, Ren, I just to interject, I DM'd you on Twitter a uh, screenshot of my achievement. Yeah, this is why I'm being really quiet, because I've logged into the game and I'm trying to do the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what's happening? I play this game, too. I just, I logged, <laughs> I logged into, into Swotor and took a screenshot of my, uh, all of my, uh, my achievement box with all, everything, uh, uh oh. broken down so you can see what my percentages are. Which, and? he's got me beat by 10, by 10k. I'm trying to reciprocate, so we want to find out where the differences lie. Yeah, well, <laughs> my, my location is like 77%, my companions are like 86%, but wow. I have 1% on Okay, my house. companions are 100%. Yeah, the, the, the only, well, the only companions I haven't maxed out are Affection with Shriek and, um, Dark Side Jessa Williams. And I'm I'm working on her right now because I yep, started it. Yeah, that Dark Side Jessica Williams was my last one too, actually. Um, uh, pro tip: the space achievements, mm-hmm. which I have like at six. Do not include anything heroic. So you could actually go back mm. and do all of that. Okay, cool. But most of it too. is like really easy, super easy. So that's an you know what is it? The total on that is uh, five. No, four hundred and seventy. So I've got four seventy out of that, right? Yeah, there. just go to the dude, buy all the highest gear, and just run through it. It's pretty easy. All right, so back to this real quick. We're almost done with news. Uh, yeah, you can edit that whole section out if you want to. <laughs> no, I don't. I, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna continue with Ordo. We'll just talk about the next stuff, and we'll move on. You guys talk about achievements. Yeah. <laughs> all right. It, it'll just be it'll just be me and me and you in the show, yeah. and everybody's just gonna fast forward. Through. <laughs> Damn achievements again. Oh. Let's fast forward through this crap. These guys, this is the fifth time they talked about achievements. Okay, moving on. All right, so Hypercrate Platinum Packs. Last thing here. So David <laughs> Stats did uh, yesterday. He basically came out and said the mid-rim pack launches today. Uh, and with it comes another Platinum Pack. So look, I don't want to get to this Platinum Pack thing again. I'm going to buy another Hypercrate. I'm just going to put this out there. I'm going to buy another one. Okay. If the thing I get in the Platinum, because you only get one Platinum Pack. And we speculate on this. It'd be nice if you got more than one, but you get one. And if it's something that I have eight of before I open, like, cause I, I wait till like halfway through, then I'll open the platinum pack. I don't want just, I want something super rare that I can sell for like 10 million credits and buy my Yavin stronghold. Marshall, how about you just give me the 2400 uh, cartel coins? I'll kick you in the balls and we'll just call it even. (laughs) Wow. No, I'm not going to do that either. Uh, but whatever. I hate you guys. Okay. Look, let's move on. Uh, so Wait, a hyper crate is fifty four hundred, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, is it fifty four? I've never yeah, had that yeah. many cartel coins. So I don't know. <laughs> it looks like so. I'm just gonna read this real quick. As mentioned previously, we continue to refine the contents of the platinum pack because I'm sure I'm not the only one that got robbed. Uh, this includes tightening the platinum pack contents to a more select list of featuring uh, list featuring the pack's strongest offerings, such as pieces of the Primeval <laughs> Stalker's armor set, the commemorative statue of Revan, and you a Ridge Hunter Rancor, and more. What? What this says to me is, 
we're going to isolate not just based off of rarity, but what you actually want to get out of it. <laughs> that's exactly what I want. And that's exactly why I hope that you're right. I hope that that's a thing. And the next Fingers one I get. Crossed, right? Yeah. Uh, if I get another power, uh, crystal again, oh my God, I'll be so mad. All right. All right. So that's it. That's it for news, guys. Uh, I just thought we'd wrap up Swotor and just chat with our guests. Uh, see what they think. We kind of already know what Red thinks of the Yavin 4 stronghold. He's, he's not going to buy it. Um, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the Turgruda really quick. And, um, and then I have one more thing at the end. So first thing, nightlife is back. We talked about that and no one's playing with me, right? Uh, everyone else got the achievements and I don't need anything. So no. See, I have the achievements, but why am I I'm still clicking? I'm also saving on them? my credits for the Yavin Stronghold because even though I say I'm not going to get it, I'll probably pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> for those of you who may have fast forwarded through his earlier rants, it took him 15 um, minutes to change he, his mind. <laughs> yeah, it, he went on a 15 minute rant about how he will not be getting the Yavin 4 stronghold because he has all the strongholds and does not need it and doesn't want to go through the effort. 15 minutes later, not discussing it whatsoever, oh, I'm going to go ahead and buy it. <laughs> Actually, Come this, on now. this brings up a good point. I don't understand <laughs> why they're adding on... This is about the achievements, on... <laughs> man. It's a completionist thing. i got to have one of everything. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm dying right now. That's so funny. I don't understand why they're adding on a new stronghold but not, a, not upping the limit. Because they can't do it. Because some people are cheap, like me. I only have three strongholds. I had, I never bought Tatooine because I didn't want to spend the credits on it. We actually knew that there was a limit when they came out with this system. They said that they were going to look into whether or not they could do four. So, like, because a lot of people were really confused. Wait, you say the maximum number that we can have is four, but that's all that you have available. And it's like, well, yeah, obviously there's going to be more in the future, but right now... Yeah. They were hoping to revisit it. I think Musco actually did come back and say, we haven't found a solution that enables us to have more than four yet. We're and still that, looking into it, and we will when we can, but that's just not a thing that's going to happen. And right that's now. my next question, too. They've had some time to think about it. I I mean, you'd think they'd have... The, they've had time to think about it, but have they used that time to think to, about it? To try to implement it? Probably not. <laughs> anyway, so... I, yeah, go ahead. I mean, they may have just been sitting there in the in the meeting room. Someone's <laughs> up on the chalkboard, like, "Hey guys, we need to think about this." All right, we'll think. We're gonna think about it. We'll have, we'll right, have another meeting next month. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, what do you guys think of the Tagruda? I mean, we've talked about the Yavin Stronghold. Well, actually, real quick before we get out of that, uh, Will, you plan to buy it? Yeah, I mean, heck, I bought the Cather, so you know, I'll buy anything. Oh. But the, uh, I, I, you know, just what the, the boys on Bad Feelings said, I have the same issue with, you know, they still haven't fixed the, the issue with the, the Twi'leks Lake you, so what makes Oh, I was talking about Stronghold. I was talking about Yavin. Oh, oh sorry, ahead. I thought you were talking about the Tegruda. You said Tegruda. I know, but then I, I went backwards and I said I just wanted to see who was going to buy the Yavin Stronghold, but let's move on. So we're talking Tegruda now, so continue. You weird. It's not Tegruda Stronghold. It's a freaking race. No, I know, man, but or... I was, I, I just wanted to see who was going to buy the Evan Stronghold before I went to the Tegruda, but I put my words together, <laughs> and here we are all confused. So, Marshall, Will, shush, drink another beer. <laughs> please tell me about your Tegruda experience, and I will indeed drink my beer. Continue. I just, I, I find it funny they, they bring out a, a form that is very similar to one that they're already having issues with, instead of bringing out something that would be much easier to deal with the armor. Uh, I'll be honest, I find their lack of unique species, like, 
the Miralukans are just humans with things on their faces. Mm-hmm. The the cyborgs are just humans with things on their faces. <laughs> then they've got the humans. So they they claim they have a whole bunch, but that's just one species in my opinion. Now I know that this is me being a bit of a jerk and not recognizing this different species. They just look human. No, I mean, from a gamer standpoint, I'm being a human if I choose any of those. So really, you've got the Twi'lek the, and the Togruta coming out, and I really feel like. The Chiss are kind of cool from reading the books, yeah. the red eyes, but they're blue humans. Oh. And the Rattataki are white humans. I, mean, <laughs> I just, I feel like they're very unimaginative. And the Marillion are they're, green and, humans. And Marillion are green humans with face tattoos. And it's the Miralukin are humans with blindfolds with blindness. on. Yeah, <laughs> I, already co- I already covered them. That was blind like one humans. of the first ones. Yeah, they're blind and then humans. Then you got the humans with I, horns. <laughs> And and the Zabrak is like. I mean, let's well, be honest though. They're going to go with humanoids. They are going to go with humanoids. I think flat out, this that. is a brilliant move. Most people that are our age doing podcasts or being noisy in forums because we aren't playing the game is they're going to boohoo about it. I think it's actually a much, much, much better play than the Cathar. Um, you're going to get all of your Clone Wars fans, that entire age range generation that's been introduced to Star Wars and loves this game because of Star Wars, and they want Ahsoka. That's why they're doing or it. Or family member or whatever. Flat out, it's a very, very good move. And even with clipping issues, you know, everybody piss- gets pissy about the freaking clipping issues. I have no problem with it. Yeah. They still look cool. I expect clipping issues when I play an MMO. There are some times when I get pissed off about clipping issues. Like, the biggest one that pisses me off is taxi routes. Oh, when yeah. When they have the taxi that you're riding on clips through a rock formation, that's just lazy. Okay? That's one thing. But when it's something <laughs> dynamic like Twi'lek or Togruta, I'm okay with that. I'm willing to accept that. Well, the mount we just got from the Cantina event, I have, you know, the robes just drag out from the bottom. I mean... That looks crazy. I, I, I don't really care. Yeah, I understand the <laughs> clipping with the with the lakey from the uh, from the Twi'leks, but what cracks me up is there have been times where I've gone up to a uh, an NPC on um, on Terrace, and it's not clipping. It just it's literally the lettering of what the color is supposed to be on their lakey. It says red, 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 red. What? I really? Never seen yes. That. Omg! I want to see this. Dude, take I, a screenshot next time. N- n- yeah. Next time it happens every few months when I go through and it's it's the if you remember um right outside right east of the hospital there's that one standing on by a tent and I can't remember if it's pub or inside. Yeah yeah the little side quest. Yeah it's a little side quest. It's that one that always does really this is pub side. Yeah that's it. It's, it's so great talking to a pub lover. <laughs> I miss you man. Why haven't we be friend, been friends longer? <laughs> Marshall doesn't let me talk to other people. <laughs> no I he can have one friend <laughs> He can have one friend, so stop trying to get him more, okay? And it's you. <laughs> it's me. That's it. <laughs> you know, go, going back to the, the, the breadth of, 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 uh, race options, the, uh, their, their main argument is always that, you know, well, they don't speak basic, right? And everything. I would love them to bring in, like, a Mon Calamari or something like that, where you know they speak English. They're just not humanoid. I mean, they're not human. Yeah, but he'd still say that, oh, that's just a human with a funny head. It's you a know, little bit further I, I would actually be it's 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 more of a stretch. The head is dramatically different. Mm. Rodians, I mean, you could do the it, same thing. They speak basic. I would be I would be fine with Rodian too. 
it's it's more to it than just they change the color of the skin and the right. color of the eyes. It's actually a head because, formation change, and you know, yeah, it's it's a totally different model, change. and that's that's what's interesting to me. And I feel like you have this Star Wars universe with all these different species, and you're going with the ones that look the most human for all but the Twi'lek. Right. Oh man, you just freaking. You hit the chord, man, because this is why I'm a bigger Star Wars fan than a Star Trek fan, and that's no hate towards you Trekkies. I liked the Trek as well, but my biggest and greatest reason why I've always loved Star Wars more is because from the original trilogy, there was just such a, there was a much larger diversity of what it meant to be sentient. Yeah. To be a species, mm-hmm. you know, you had freaking yeah. snail species, you had... You know, things that you just couldn't even tell how the heck they walked, you know, but they were something <laughs> communicating with something else. The crazy Ithorians. Yeah, yeah the hammerheads. Yeah. Exactly. My favorite my favorite uh, action figure when I was a kid playing with the original toys, the original Kenner toys, was the Ithorian, the, the hammerhead. It was just great. Yeah. I love that we just geeked out right there. <laughs> That's the straight geek out. And <laughs> it's like, I understand BioWare's technical limitations, but you're right. This is what makes Star Wars Star Wars is the fact that they're not all humans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, I mean, that's been an, uh, something that I've had minor issue with since the game came out, but I was willing to accept it. New game. They're trying to keep some things simple. But when their first choice was Cathar, I'm like, okay, so they're going to try and make the elfy, you know, RP. Type well, I thought it was more happy. of a furry play. But <laughs> well, furry play. I, I mean, they got the cat, the the elfy cat ears, so yeah. they kind of play into both sides at the same That's time. True. The, the one advantage that they the, did have, though, with the cat people was that they did act, actually change up facial features. It's not straight up humanoid. Yeah. They changed the nose out. They changed out how the mouth functioned. Like they even had to actually technically dive into because they put the fangs on them and had to change how the lips moved over the mouthpieces right. and stuff like that. Like they actually did. Do some innovative, creative, technical stuff with the Cathar. Whereas I will agree that I, with the I can um, with the Ahsoka. Totally what are the Ahsoka's called again? And I can totally appreciate the work that they put into the Cathar, and that's great when you're doing the stories and you're watching the videos and you're getting to see your character's face. Right, but when you're zoomed but, all the way out 90, and doing an operation, but 90, <laughs> exactly ninety-five percent of the time, I'm looking at the back of my character's head. Yeah. So that being the case, to me, it's still a, you know, it's still, I, yeah. it looks like a human. Let me tell you, I, I didn't, I, I refused to buy the Cathar mostly because I spent so a silly amount of hours in EverQuest 2. My main was the cat people in EverQuest, um, EverQuest 2. And I spent so much time on that tune. I didn't want to look at, at the back of a cat person anymore. Uh, and I, I don't know, I've said this a million, million times, but all my characters are Chiss, and there's, I have my reasons, but all my characters are Chiss, and I'm not gonna buy a Togruta, I don't, you know. Dude, I love the Chiss. I don't know, I the, love Chiss the Chiss are awesome. I love know? the Chiss. You know, I, I love the Chiss. Lot- I love the Chiss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I make, hey, I make their hey, skin Red. as purple as possible. That's what I would Red, do. I'm not really sh- clear on this. How do you feel about the Chiss, do buddy? Do you love the Chiss? <laughs> Nah, they're okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> all right. So I'm not. I'm not interested in the in the in the Tagruta really at all. Um, that's that's where I'm coming from with it. I think, but for the same reasons why you like the Chiss, yeah, it's a play for the next generation. Absolutely, and they will love the Tagruta for the very same reason you love the Chiss, and the same reason I love the Chiss. Right. Um, and it's a good move financially for them. 
Yep. Yeah, I'll probably get the Degruda. Maybe I'll I'll convert my uh, Sentinel over to, to a Degruda and and have some fun with that or something. Cool. Um. Right. But I dig it. I I like the the. It will give a different look to a to an operations group when people run in there. And right. they do look different when you stand behind them. They got <laughs> yeah. the you know, yeah. They have the little things coming up off the top of their head. Spiky so. thingies. I'm gonna call them spiky thingies. What'd you say in the other in the other dangly things? <laughs> dangly things. That would be down the front of them though. The relics have got the dangly things, and the uh, have yeah. got the spiky things. So one's down here, well, that, one's up there. <laughs> yeah. Now, well, here's the other question: How dangly are gonna make the Tagrudas dangly things? Because some <laughs> some of the <laughs> I almost had a sip of beer in my mouth, man. I would have died. Go ahead. <laughs> I tried to time it. I'm sorry. I was off a little bit. Let's see how many times I can say dang. Oh, I'm so glad you podcast. did. <laughs> but uh, in I sent some you the, of... I sent you the soundbite, right? Yeah, you sent me that. I have that saved. I love that little soundbite, dude. <laughs> so in some of the uh, drawings that they have of Ahsoka as an adult, her front dangly things are pretty long. So I, I'm curious as to how long they're going to make the dangly things in the game. Are they going to limit the... <laughs> are you going to be able to make them longer or shorter? Maybe you can have shorter yeah, you dangly things. be able to things. adjust the length of their dangly yeah. things? I'm actually, maybe we'll you want them a little the closer. Will they be shorter actually, on what? Hoth than they are on Belsavis? <laughs> yeah, do the dangly things That's shrink right. in as the cold? As you go through the dangly things storyline, will their dangly things grow as they mature? <laughs> Ah, also, so a yeah, question that I had as you is, level up. Twi'lek versus Tegruda. Which do you think has a bigger girth? <laughs> Which dangly thing has larger girth? Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, it, I it think start- that the Twi'leks get longer, but I think maybe the Tegrudas are a little bit thicker. Yeah, but I think the Twi'leks <laughs> get a little bit more rigid when you're in the uh, companion storylines. <laughs> <laughs> that may be true. Although I think actually oh. that the, the Twi'leks dangly things are a little bit more emotive, and right. so there might be a little bit more dexterity. They're a little twitchy and wiggle around. Well, that's why some. they're strippers. A little bit more. <laughs> oh my god! Hey, on the stripper point, how awesome is it that Swotor has an equal amount of male strippers as female? I know, strippers right? In their cantinas. I love that sexual equality. I really dig that sexual equality. And it's great that you can actually buy a male stripper Twi'lek to put in your stronghold. Just like you can get the female. I have not bought a female. I did buy a, my, a male. My favorite thing is that you can take your body uh, size four human or male character and go ahead and put them in like a thong. <laughs> well, not a thong, but in a, in a little bikini Brief. bottom briefs right. and, and have them uh, dance about. Uh, I, a couple things. One, I'm really happy that we have a stripper point. Uh, you know, Redna said, you know, on a stripper point. So here we are on that. I, I like the fact. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm I'm really happy we went down this road. First of all, and uh, I don't really know what else to say, but I'm really excited that that happened. And well, let's, dangly let's be things honest, abound. The fact, that, <laughs> the, the fact that we have dangly things and a stripper point in this podcast has really raised the. The class. Of this I, I think it's. I, I think it's actually raised us up a little and, bit. And I think we've like, discovered our title of "Dingly Things Abound." <laughs> no, but I was going to play. Oh, off of- we had something to do with the title. I'm excited now. Thanks for having us on, Marshall. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to put your guys' name in the thing, but "Dingly Things Abound" I think is important. All right. Why will- not? Hey, it "Dingly Things." It's a trap. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, that's awesome. Uh, but All right, we've guys. Gotta put an image of the uh, the male Twi'lek stripper right next to that. Oh yeah, <laughs> change the, the cover art just for this week. All right, you know that you, you can change the cover art without changing the album art. Yeah, you can yeah. have an issue art. You know what I think? Uh, I think is really interesting. Uh, Will you listen to? Do, I don't know, Red. Do you listen to Skywalking Through Neverland? There's a random question. Um, I just started. Yeah, well, in their later episodes, if you ever look at the phone as it's playing, the art changes with it the does, subject which matter. Which is very it's, cool. It's really, it's really kind of cool. Is an I, this is an Apple iPhone thing only. Is it? It's not a standardization that has been brought into Android, and it's something huh. that I totally miss because I used to use my iPod Touch uh-huh. to listen to podcasts and uh, Rooster Teeth. Yeah, uh, the makers of Red versus Blue, they do oh, that all them. the time too. Yeah, it is. It is a unique thing, and somebody just needs to standardize the code for that because, yeah, I would really, really, really like that. Yeah, that'd be cool. I didn't know that was an i i um an iTunes thing only. Yeah, well. you'll see some podcasts use it to present material, visual material to you while you're doing the podcast. That's what Rooster Teeth does. But they'll be like, "Hey, they're we're talking about this art piece," and, and then they'll, they'll put, put it up. Okay, on. I'm curious why Hollywood Babylon doesn't do this yet, since they're such a visual. I was just thinking the same thing. <laughs> Just thinking the same thing. Anyway, because uh, I hate having to go. Yeah, I hate having to go to their website to look at all. They have visual stuff throughout their podcast because they do it live, but they never, they don't do that. They don't put it up on the on the deal. And I, so. I am just interjecting here, <laughs> really quick, dude. Marshall. Is uh, I have started working on photoshopping that picture for Ralph Garman. Nice. All right, guys. Last thing in Sotor before we move on. We have a, kind of a lot of Star Wars. We're gonna be here all night, but that's okay. So here we go. Extra life event. Uh, while I was on the GGC. Uh, I can't remember who brought it up, but they said they're trying to organize a SWOTOR podcasters team. Uh, so basically a community driven team where all the money we raise goes to one point so we can essentially raise more money. So I think it's a great idea. Uh, Red, uh, do you have something to say about that? Sounds yeah, communist. dude. I'm Sounds so communist because it was Brian and I, Brian from Bad Feeling Podcast, mm-hmm. and, and myself while I was on Utini Cast, we both did Extra Life and we were a team last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was something that I said right afterwards. We were able to hit our goal of like $800 between the two of us, That's which awesome. was, or maybe it was $400 between the two of us. But anyway, it was, I mean, like, I was really, really psyched. It was really satisfying to know that we both hit our goals combined yep. together. And and I felt like it would be really cool, rather than having other SWOTOR streamers or whatever competing with one another, let's just all work together towards a common goal, common good. I mean, this is kids in mm-hmm. need. Yeah, having horrible diseases. This is wonderful. Um, yeah. So people who don't know, Extra Life is a something for streamers and other internet personalities. They play video games for a twenty-four hour period, raise money for diseased children. Yeah. How can you not donate to that? You are a pathetic individual if you can't. Donate I was just. And you know how I got into it in the first place is because freaking Gaddick Teague from. Um, unnamed soldier podcast right he did it and he was talking all about it and i ended up donating to him and like i donated a large chunk of money because he had a set goal and so i wanted to see him jump his goal um before he even started streaming yeah you know uh and and it's it's such a worthy cause and then like that's why the next year i was like i want to do it myself i want to get other people's money towards a good cause it's good and by the way it's tax deductible i mean if if you're that pathetic that you need it it is tax deductible it's it's donating to a charity um but quite frankly it's just very 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 good cause and i i did it last year for the first time i i did what i do i think i did four hours the friday night 
and then I did 20 hours straight. I was pretty proud of myself. Will jumped on. We did a bunch. I mean, that was the most we had gamed all year, pretty much combined together. Mm-hmm. And it was a it was a blast. Uh, I would like to stream more, but I just don't. But it was really fun to stream that time, and I would like to do it again this year. So I'm really excited about this, man. Yeah, if only I, we can get donations this year. Well, that's fine, and that's why we're going to join up with everybody else. Absolutely. <laughs> and then and then it's going to be good. So, um, well, you know, a- after when when does it come up again? Another it's like November. Eight or it's nine November or something, I think. Oh, it's November. It's only a few months away. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe not this year, End but the summer. next year. Mm-hmm. It's usually we the should... beginning of fall. Yeah. Well, next year we should have enough following between our two podcasts that we could probably rake in the the dough for the diseased children. So once again, if you don't help diseased children, you're pathetic. <laughs> I, I second that. And, uh, let's help all the children. I mean, what a jerk if you don't, right? We are the world. <laughs> oh, God. We are the children. Oh, God, I remember that song came out. Okay, let's move on. I had to learn that in elementary school. <laughs> and quite frankly, it's still a good song. <laughs> it is. I sing that in I a remember... fifth grade play pageant thing we had to do. Oh, my God. I remember the video when it came out, man. I watched it with my family. It was amazing. Get to see Michael and everybody else on. I cried. Oh, it was amazing. Every every time I see it, I cry, <laughs> just a little bit. Just a little less every year, or every time you see it, or <laughs> well, he just becomes a little now. more dead to the world the longer he's married, you know. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, I hear you. My children suck the life from me. <laughs> wait till wait till the second one's here, man. They're taking your essence. You'll be you'll become a shell of a man like me. <laughs> All right, moving on. I. I figure I get a little bit of sleep now. Once the next one's here, I get no, no sleep. So. I haven't slept in seven years. Okay, so section two. Let's move on to Star Wars, guys. We got some fun stuff to cover, I think. So Star Wars section, out of the slow tour, into Star Wars. Look at Flash. The Luthermid of Flickersfield. Both trap themselves in. I'm going to make a jump to light speed. So welcome to the Star Wars section of the show if you skip the first part. I don't know why I say that every time. Because you're weird. Because quite frankly, this is the better part. I skip it sometimes. I'll admit it. The Swotor? Yeah. Yeah, why not? I would. Because I really like this other stuff. Yeah, this stuff is great. Even though we've wasted like an hour on all of this, this is the part <laughs> I'm all excited that talk- for. <laughs> Exactly. Well, with all that talk of achievements, I mean, oh, it's going to be hard not to hit that fast <laughs> well, forward, look, fast forward. I'll tell you what, I have 40 minutes of achievement talk to cut out, so we're good, right? That's true, that's true. <laughs> I, well, I did get I another mean, picture from uh, Will, though, which I'm really excited about, where he did a side-by-side since I sent him oh back a photo. God, and I, we can actually compare. Like, I'm at 35% flash points. He's at 14. So, Ordo, we are in the, the Star Wars section. We are in the Star Wars section. <laughs> And somehow we're talking about Sotor achievements still. I am they're, flabbergasted. They're, where where we can't see them on ca- on camera. This is they're they're fat. Not a visual medium. We are okay. Moving on. Ready? Ready. We're nope, about to- see. This is what I'm talking about right here. <laughs> oh my god! There it is. Now he's screen sharing it. It's glorious. <sighs> Look at all of those achievements. They're so wonderful. I was going to talk about this. Every time this. he finds somebody, every time Red finds somebody who's doing achievements and they get all excited, and then he has a lot more than them, it increases his EP by 10%. Of course, this is where my EP exists. EP I'm not levels the best I'm not, not world first on operations anymore. It's like, achievements. Maybe, we should, where I live maybe now. we should call the episode EP level up. 
Okay. So <laughs> we were going to talk about this podcast. Dangly in the community. things. Yeah, dangling things. We were going to talk about this podcast and community shout outs in the Star Wars section, but we, I don't know. I don't think we should skip it. You want to skip it? Which one? Huh? <laughs> I think that podcast worth talking about. <laughs> we were going to talk about you guys. I like dude. it anyway. All right. So I think it's worthwhile. <laughs> I mean, it's it's the podcast I listen to first, but that's because I have to edit it. You listen so. to it a lot of times, right? You listen to it a few times because it's worth listening to. All right, so uh, yeah. we want to highlight you guys in this section real quick. You told us what you're all about. Basically, I just want to see what you guys are doing next, what your schedule's like, what you plan on covering, um, and anything else you want to tell us about your show. This is your community shout-out time. This will be our quasi-podcast corner as well. Quasi. Oh, okay. Cool. So... So far, we've covered a few of the novels, and we our next episode coming out is going to be Phantom Menace, which is actually going to come out in two parts, because we started talking about it, and it went epically long. <laughs> I was barely awake at the end, because we went till like 2 in the morning. Oh uh, we had Simon from um, Flashpoint, or their new podcast, which is uh, We Hate People. Oh, I used Australian to listen to Flashpoint. I used to listen to Flashpoint. Yeah, uh, and yeah. This is the first episode where the episode is twice as long as it takes you to consume the content. <laughs> yeah, it's. It, I think our total record time was like four hours plus, oh. and then he was like, "Well, I can parse it down to three. That's we epic. will see um, if I can really pull that off. It is my goal. Cool. Yeah. So, oh wait, if you just to give real, you an real idea quick though, dude, of, if you skip the first part. And you missed talking about our uh, who we're talking about. This is the, it's a trap podcast that we're talking about. Oh yeah, with Red it's a trap it. podcast. Yes. It's awesome. <laughs> you should listen to it. Um, it's awesome. But anyway, original art by Dave Dorman. Just one more time. <laughs> yeah, because I'm so yeah. freaking fanboy of this guy, but he's also a really good friend of mine. Yeah, like we yeah, talk we, we raid. He's in our so, raid group. Yeah, he's in we our raid with group. Dave. So. Is he really? Oh yeah, yeah. Man. We we raid with Dave Dorman two oh, nights a week. That's badass. He, I, I had the privilege of pugging with him, and then <laughs> we all get onto the voice that I share with people and just say, "Hey guys, get on here so you can talk whatever." And he gets in, and we're talking. And of course, I'm shamelessly plugging Utini Cast left and right. Right. And he's like, "Hmm, that sounds like a really cool cool show." By the way, read your whispers. And I look, and he's like, "Hey, um, Google Dave Dorman." <laughs> and I do, and I'm like. so this is why i talk about him all the time i mean he's and the cool thing is as amazing and incredible as his art is and as influential as it is it's so exciting he is as awesome as the artwork he creates nice he's just a really really genuinely great guy and he's got a wonderful wife and um she pretty much he he does the art and she does everything else (laughs) cool yeah he he doesn't interact with people too much. His wife takes care uh, of him. Other than playing games with us, which is why other I'm so happy that we get us. to play games with him. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. But uh, back to So after after Phantom Menace? Well, just to give you an idea of the excitement in Phantom Menace, it starts off, Red tried to be positive about Jar Jar Binks Ooh. playing the, I don't want to say the devil's advocate, but playing the devil's advocate <laughs> and being positive about Jar Jar Binks and me and Simon... Not bashing, we were trying to be tactful and professional, but by the end of but it, bashing. we've, <laughs> but bashing, <laughs> but by the end of it, took us three hours, but we came around and found value in Jar Jar Binks. Aww. So if you want to see how there is value to Jar Jar Binks within the Phantom Menace movie, then 
check out the podcast. There's a lot more things other than singularly this Phantom Menace episode that we're coming out with. I'm really hoping that we can get as many people to listen to it as possible. Um, I mean, like, please, everybody and anybody that can, please help us for this episode in particular. We want to market it as anybody that thinks that Phantom Menace is the episode that should be left out of all six movies. This, the conversations that we had and the information we were able to find and the value, and granted, yes, we can understand and embrace and accept all of the weaknesses and all the complaints that everybody has. There is so so much tremendously good information that comes from Phantom Menace, and I think that we really do touch on so much of it. It It is long. It We're going to release it in two parts. You know, we're supposed to be a two, every two weeks podcast. We're going to be releasing these uh, back to back, week to week, because it's long and we need to split it up. But quite frankly, if you don't think you ever want to watch Phantom Menace again, please listen to this episode. <laughs> you may want to watch it again. Other than that, so far we've basically just covered novels, and as it becomes relevant, we're going to hit some of the comics. We're going to be doing Sons of Dathomir uh, in uh, in a few episodes. Cool. So, and then once uh, we're waiting on most of the comics to they're in larger segments, we don't want to just do one issue at a time because one issue just isn't enough for a for a full show for us. So we'll probably do it in six ep- or six issue segments. Which will be a little bit further down the road. Cool. Well, and Sons of Dathomir, which is a storyline with uh, Darth Maul, which we're excited to do that because it'll be our first official true comic book coverage. That will be the entire last story arc of Darth Maul in the comics from Dark Horse. It's the only thing that is canonized from Dark Horse. From Dark Horse. Cool. Yeah, no, I have it. I I picked it up when we were talking about it the other day, and uh, it's on my list. I'm ready to read it. So yeah, I actually just read through all of it myself, and I'm excited to record this episode. Um, but the biggest thing is, if you want to know what's coming up, we do now have on it's a trap and there are two P's because trap ends with a P and podcast starts with a P. <laughs> so it's it's a trap podcast.com. <laughs> <laughs> um, we do have a tab now for our production schedule and everything when we record and what and when we release everything, so that if you want to read the books in advance or the comics when we get to them. We will cover video games, as there is canon relevant to that as well. Literally everything that's canon. We're doing this now so that we can stay current and relevant, and we will be going back and doing all of the Clone Wars. That's the other thing, too, is I'm excited to do Clone Wars, because Clone Wars was published um, outside of chronological time in the Star Wars universe. So we are going to do our episodes as we cover... Clone Wars, we're going to do them chronologically. Cool. And I believe, actually, the first two episodes come from Season 3. Huh. All right. Neat. Yeah. Um, and, and it takes place before the Clone Wars movie, the animated movie that was in a the theater that a lot of people completely forget or don't even know exists. Right. No, I've seen that. I, uh, I'm a, I'm like, I think I'm almost at the end of chat of Season 2 in Clone Wars. So so you're at the point where it now starts to pick up. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, it's the, really the good first now. Couple seasons, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the first couple seasons of Clone Wars is uh, definitely more kid-oriented, mm. but I think they kind of realized what they were developing, and they really took off after Season 2, and it just gets much more intriguing, and it really skirts that line of adult versus children content where the kids can watch it but you know, adults can sit down and really find a lot of depth and interest to it totally. all right guys well i'm excited to see what you guys have coming forward uh i you know i i like the show i'm glad you guys are here with us tonight too to talk about dangly things so you know 
dangly things. <laughs> well, we we were very pleased to have you on, and and probably in the future we're gonna have to get Will to come on to one of our episodes. That's if uh, Marshall lets me out of uh, the gimp suit and I get to talk to other people. No. No, though you can come on the show with the gimp suit. Uh, yeah, that's fine. I don't have to be out of it. I'll have to check my. We're not a video podcast. <laughs> we'll see. Okay, we'll see. <laughs> that's funny. All right, before what, whatever makes you comfortable. So let's talk. Let's talk comics. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. So we talked about Star Wars number six. Actually, I talked about Star Wars number six with you two fine gentlemen the other day on your mini podcast. Yes. And it was, it was a great conversation. I was just wanted to bring Will into it really quickly, um, and see if between, you know, if anybody heard anything out there and what people are talking about and the big reveal. And so, Will, did you get through it? I did. Um, and actually, you know, the whole wife reveal wasn't the big thing. Actually, when the whole, I mean, I knew about the wife reveal going into reading it. Whose wife? Han Solo is married. married, Maybe. Maybe. Cliffhanger. Or, or at least his lady shows up and is like, I'm, I forgot her name, but Sana. I'm Mrs. Solo. Who are you, lady? Sana. Talking to Sana. Yeah, Sana. I'm Sana Which, Solo. Way, Who are the, you? Like after the fact, because this is not on our show. Did anybody else think that was a straight ripoff of Sansa Stark, Sana Solo? Hello. Hmm. Nah. Come Before on. Before we go any further, more creative. Are they just going for alliteration? I think so. Yeah, it just. I think it just sounds. You know, Star Wars sweet. is working Spoilers. with Marvel now, Before so you know Solo. everything's going to be alliterative from now on. Hold on, going forward, Will, spoilers, we have to tell people, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. This is the section, we're going to talk about comics, we're going to talk about Vader number six, we're going to talk about Star Wars number six, and we are going to talk about Kanan number three, three, and Leia number four. So, Will, what did you think? So, you didn't, you didn't care about the, the wife reveal, so the wife reveal, obviously, Santa Solo at the end comes out and says, you know, uh, I'm his wife. You know, actually, the, the first thing that popped in my mind when I saw her was Zoe from Firefly. She does kind of look like that. Yeah, Not only visually, but just sort of the attitude and the resignation of Han in dealing with her. So, hmm. so yeah, like, oh god, I can't do this. The the irony <laughs> though is that I feel like she was definitely treating him the way that she treated uh, the captain, right. not the pilot. Exactly. Very much yeah. like that, although, you know, she's married to the pilot, and she's married to Han in this one. But yeah, I can see the similarities, although, frankly, the first time I saw it, I thought Cathar. Hmm. But I was looking on my I mobile device, well. and I had to zoom in, and I realized... Yeah, oh, wait, I no, mean, with, with, <laughs> with Zoe and Wash and Firefly, that was an actual marriage. I actually think this is a sham marriage. I mean, they're both, obviously, seedy underbelly people, and I think it was just for a, a con of some sort. That's a good... I think that's a... That's kind of what I thought, a con or some sort of special circumstance. It's not a real marriage. It's, if anything... There's, there's no love. Yeah, if anything, Maybe it's for it was convenience. A quick, well... Convenience, a quickie Vegas style marriage where they got drunk, or tax and got cut, or freaking maybe even like um, Job of the Hut <laughs> discount on <laughs> right taxes due. I, you I know, maybe it was a citizenship thing, doubt. dude. It could have been a citizenship thing. Yeah. Could have been a citizenship. I seriously <laughs> doubt Job of the Hut offers marriage discounts. <laughs> I don't know, man. He seems to like human sexuality, yeah. even though he's a giant slug. So on the other hand, going back to Phantom out. Menace, if you remember when he's, uh, you know, is the Grand Marshal of the Padres, whatever he is, there is a female hut off to his side that obviously looks like his companion. Might be his mom. I can't remember her name, and I should know this. In in the uh, I can't remember. Garuda the Hut. I don't know. Anyway, so the so the the wife reveal wasn't so much of a big thing for me. What I loved about this issue were the last two pages, and when Vader finds out, yeah, when when, uh, uh, 
Boba Fett comes in Boba. and gives the, the Skywalker name to Vader and you just see his, his, his fist clench up and then he actually, sh- uh, spider shatters the, uh, spider wood shatters the window on the, on the, the ship. Mm-hmm. And what I love about that is after reading that and then reading Vader issue six. Oh, don't give it I away. Won't. Yet. I'm just saying they tie slow, in. Slow so. burn, baby. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'm okay with you giving away. Yeah, but I want to lead up to that one. I think that's important in this. Marshall doesn't want him to give it don't, away because it's just Don't give it away. It's give just it for away. me. Give it away. Oh, give we're talking about the I'm comics. his only give friend. Give it away. Give it away. Give it away now. <laughs> just know that they're, they're related. And so, you know, once we get to Vader, we'll talk about how they're related. Well, and I was very pleased. I'm with you. I was very pleased when I got to the end of Vader 6 at how they tied in, the, you know, Star Wars 6 and Vader 6 and made them sync up. And I, I, I secretly wished I only read the one before I was on your guys' podcast. And I wish I had kind of read the, the both. I read Vader six earlier today and I was just that, that ending changes completely. I mean, it's, it's, it's a completely different deal. So, uh, if you want to, and I'm just going to tell the listeners this, if you guys want to more in depth talk about Star Wars number six, we're going to kind of jump into Vader six right now, but, uh, definitely check out the mini episode of it's a trap podcast. Uh, I give a little, I do a little summary. Then we talk about the wife reveal and some of the other things going on in that issue. So definitely check that out. We're going to jump to Vader six, I think. Yeah. And just, just another shameless plug Please for our plug. podcast. This is the sort of thing. This is the reason why we're doing our podcast is say you're a guy who's just reading the star Wars comics, but you don't read the Vader comics. We're cover. We're going to cover that. And, you can catch up on that material and see how they interplay because we will mention when things interplay, um, if there's relevance to. Well, maybe the you only covering. watch the comics and you don't read the novels, but they're they, right. Disney seems to be really relevant about tying tying these things together. Like the the latest one that we did, Lords of the Sith. There was a tremendous amount of tie-in from Clone Wars, the television series, like constantly. Yeah. And, uh, Heir to the Empire, when we, or Heir to the Jedi, when we covered that, uh, there was a tremendous amount of tie in, like, Old Republic era, even, uh, Star Wars The Old Republic stuff that was being canonized from it. So they are definitely cross referencing one another, tying things together. It's a much greater storytelling experience, but maybe it's not the medium that you like to enjoy, and that's what we're actually meant to be there for. We assume that everybody watches the right. movies, but beyond that, you know, if you don't read the books, listen to our book shows so that you know what you're missing. If you don't read the comics, listen to our comic shows so you know what you're missing. If you don't care about the cartoon TV shows that seem too kiddy, listen to us <laughs> when we get to that, you know? I mean, I get it. That's why we want to do it all for you. For sure. And if you don't like Star Wars, you shouldn't be <laughs> listening to us. I- I'll tell you what, they're not. Either of our <laughs> podcasts. I'm pretty confident that they're, they're long gone by now. Um, Really quick, before we get into Vader, going back to Star Wars, the... uh. One thing I'd like, I mean, I could have really done without the whole Han Leia storyline, except for the visuals of the planet were awesome, of of the, cool. the the backgrounds. But I loved the fight scene between Boba Fett and, and Luke, and and that was one of the things I talked about with these guys too, or I talked about. But it was, I'm I'm anxious to read that one just just for the fight scene between Luke and Boba Fett, an un un trained untested luke with the saber and the badass of the galaxy bounty hunter world the cool part about that was that he fought the badass of the underworld blind yeah because he got hit by a flash (laughs) you know he couldn't see 
But there was some you really know, cool and, angles of like there's you know when they were circling. Yeah, but hello, in A New Hope, the first movie ever, how does he train? With a freaking hood on his head that he can't see anything. Well, and that's... Yeah, let, let's be honest. The only thing Obi-Wan taught him was how to <laughs> blast their black things with a lightsaber with a... <laughs> to, to yeah, that was the only lightsaber <laughs> blind <laughs> and hopefully hit stuff. That's all that Obi-Wan taught him. That's a good point. <laughs> all right. Yeah, no, that fight scene was great. And yeah, it's a good read. Star Wars number six. So, Vader number six. I, I'm gonna, I took a bunch of notes as I was reading it because I was intrigued by a few things here and, and we'll jump in whenever you want. I, I kind of took notes on, so in the beginning where we pick up basically is Vader finds out that the Emperor has been training this secret sect of like crazy gnarly cyborgs for like 20 years, right? Uh, Vader has? No, the Emperor. I, no, the Emperor. Oh, the Emperor. Did I, okay. well, who Sorry, did I, I misheard what, you. Oh, yeah. So the Emperor's been training. Vader finds this out, and he's like, well, what the heck? And so he starts kind of pitting Vader against each one of these. It's like a little – it's almost like a little team of people, right? Um, I took some notes on this. The, there are the twins who we talked about before, right? There's the Trandoshan. There is the Scientist. There's a Moncal with like four limbs that looks like so Grievous. It's a Moncal Grievous. That is just awesome. Exactly. Yeah. No. It's it's crazy. So the begin the first section of the book is essentially spoilers. Anyway, but the 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 first section of the book is the Emperor learning what this the head guy has been working on, and so he's kind of doing a recap of each. Of the abilities of each, uh, uh, being, I guess. So he starts, he, he, he says the twins. They're are, all, are, did you say they're droids or cyborgs? There's, it's weird. They're cyborgs, but then there's some other stuff happening in here. So like the twins, for example, he makes, uh, he makes a reference to an Asarti line of Salonian that are funded by the Salonians. Okay. And I looked it up. The Salonian spur it was a hyperlane that connected uh, uh, Selenon, which was an important Outer Rim Territories trade world, okay? And this I got from Wikipedia, so that's a tie-in there, right? And then he took Asarti, from, which is a Greek name, and it was uh, uh, associated with fertility and sexuality in war. So he talks about kind of taking these two people from this situation and honing them. They, they use lightsabers. They don't necessarily use the Force, but they kind of do, but they're enhanced. You see, at some point, they are literally shooting... Uh, flamethrowers from their hands at Vader as he's shielding himself, right? Uh, so Vader is fighting each one of these things. Or the bubble for yes, type yes, thing. yes, yes. He bubble shields himself, okay? Uh, from and both of them are, are are. It's a really cool shot. There's just fire licks from both of them, and he's shielding himself. He's kind of as the guy as the head cyborg is basically explaining each one of these entities. Vader is tested by each one. They're not necessarily fighting to the death, but they are fighting. So that's kind of what's going on in the beginning. So he's, he faced off against these twins. Then there's a Trandoshan. And this, to me, captured my imagination. Let me just tell you this real quick. He said, cyber animate, cyber animate modification. Okay. So basically, this Trandoshan has a program in him that the, the user, or I guess the programmer can tell the Trandoshan and make it do or feel whatever. So in this case, the Trandoshan felt no pain whatsoever. 
Vader in one shot is literally chop, chopping down with his lightsaber into his shoulder and the Trandoshan just keeps coming, right? And he says, oh, we, if the Trandoshan isn't to your liking, Emperor, we can go ahead and put this into any other being up to the size of a Rancor, right? So basically you're making sci-fi zombies? <laughs> like controlled sci-fi zombies? It doesn't sound like zombies, it's just, I mean, shut off pain. You could do that with anybody. It doesn't have to be a zombie. It can be an intellectual human being. But, you know, but or, that's um, why I think this cyber animate thing is interesting. It's almost like a program. It's like they get a host body and they put this program into it and then they program it. It's really interesting. Yeah, because it, it's like fr- from the notes, which it looks like it's a quote, it's uh, s- we, we installed a, a trainer. trainer AI mm-hmm. personality to guide the bestial instinct. Yeah. So it seems like it's not really a zombie, but it's almost like a flesh droid. Yeah, exactly. It's somewhere between a a droid and you know, a living creature. It seems but very not being similar either. to uh, in in Swotor, the the lion at uh, uh, or was it Grantham's estate when uh, the the captain who's stuck at the wall sends you in to find her men that got lost, and it turns out they were all being reprogrammed and turned into. Human drugs, right. basically. It's mm. a good point. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I thought that was pretty cool. I'm very interested to see how that plays out later. If, cause, spoilers, the trans, I, I know I need to stop saying that, but anyway, the Trandoshan dies at the end. Killed okay, by one of the twins. The Trandoshan killed by one of the twins, saving Vader, saving Vader's life. Vader doesn't see it that way. Vader's pretty ticked off about it, but, um, but I'm I'm curious to see where this technology goes, what body it goes into next. So I thought that was really cool. Um, well, as far as the Trandoshan, let's be honest. Have you ever read any piece of material where a being or creature or anything has had its pain senses removed that has had a happy ending? No. No. They've all died horrible deaths. No. So that's not really a spoiler. <laughs> well, and this is how touch works. Yeah. Being able to touch and feel something is the lowest threshold of pain. It's when touching and interacting with something, it's like noise. You can turn noise up really, really loud. Just touching it, if you turn it up loud, that's what pain is. Right. So if you turn off pain, you're turning off the ability to actually feel and touch things around you. That's going to be a bad thing. For sure. Uh, really quickly, the last two members of this squad that the Emperor has kind of been molding for all this time, there's Toulon Voidgazer, who's a scientist, and she has these drones hovering all around her which is a really couple really cool shots she can essentially see through each one of them i guess and control them and they're firing on vader at some point i don't remember will do you remember they were firing on him he actually turns one towards her yeah and and it fires she is personally involved in this because evidently some of her droid children or whatever you want to call them were on the death star when they were when it was destroyed and so she feels part of her has been destroyed so She's fighting with vengeance now. For sure. And, and so when Vader turns the droid to her, one of the other droids shields her. I mean, she seems to just kind of stand there. She's not, and they make a point of saying she's not military trained, but she has control of this little arsenal of hovering droids that seem to do her bidding. It's pretty, pretty cool. It's almost like Ultron with his minions. So kind of. Kind of. Or, or like Big Hero 6. Mm -hmm. With the uh, the microbots, but instead it's smaller quantity. Yeah, no, definitely that. I, I'm with you. I like that movie. That's a good movie. Okay, it's an awesome. <laughs> it's really movie. cool movie. I watched it with my kids the other day. Okay, moving on. 
Commander Carbon's the last one. He's the Mon Cal we talked about. Essentially, just imagine General Grievous smaller with a Mon Cal head. <laughs> and and okay. what, what I thought was kind of cool is he said, the Mon Cal basically says he was a like a fan of Grievous, like a fanboy of Grievous, which is which is why maybe there was something about him only being off life support for the last two years. He was on life support for 18 years. In the last two years, he was training to be Grievous, essentially, or be a Grievous. So that was kind of cool. So the the only reason I want to talk about those things is because I'm very intrigued to see what happens going forward with all with this little crew because the only one that goes down is the Trandoshan. And like I say, it, it it's very clear that whatever was in the Trandoshan can easily be moved to someone else. So Yeah, especially... Uh, up to and including a rancor, which I'd love to see a ran- an unstoppable rancor, right? Well, from from the way you've described it, the transition seems like it has no personality, so it's an easy substitute yep. as far as a character. It's the same character again, just in a different body. So you still have this enemy squad of cybernetically enhanced group. It's still the same yep. quantity. Do you think they're trying to steal a, a a play from the Marvel? handbook and do or is it dc the suicide squad yeah this is what it sounds like that's the impression i sort of i kind of kept thinking about it that's why i kind of kept looking at them as a squad of some sort of a little unit you know like they they definitely are like the emperor's little band <laughs> so yeah something like that yeah <laughs> uh, or what was that uh batman the uh playing deck themed gang Royal Flush Gang, that's oh. what it is. Was that in the animated series? It was in yes, the animated series that. and Batman Beyond. Oh. So they had a big guy called Eight who was the ace, and it was a big yes. robot guy and super strong, uh, basically an equivalent to the Trandishan. And they had a few different other, you know, the king, the queen, uh, Jack, and Ten, I think was the whole dude, gang. Dude, you just made me, you just made me happy, dude. I watched, I watched so much animated series in Batman Beyond back in the day. Now, you brought me back. Thank you. Good, good oh, stuff. So good, good stuff. All right. So this leads up to the Emperor basically having this conversation with uh, Darth Vader. After all this happens, they say, let's fight to the death. He fights them for a minute. The the twins basically save. Save. They basically kill the Trandoshan. Okay? Because the Trandoshan is just running at Vader nonstop. And there's this interesting conversation between the Emperor and Darth Vader. And the Emperor basically tells Vader he only needs one of you. One of them. And he's putting Vader in the group with the others. So, uh, any thoughts on, on that, Will? Actually, I'm going to go back to a line that was earlier when he was actually being introduced to the twins. And he's like, twins, interesting. He goes, I have a spare. And this actually, <laughs> I mean, it's just, you know, cold-hearted, what you would expect from the Emperor. But, you know, kind of going to... Something I saw, I heard at Phoenix Comic Con is one of the panels I went to was called Conspiracy Star Wars Style. And it was talking about like nine different conspiracies that revolve in the, the Star Wars universe or whatever. And one of them was that they tell that Obi-Wan is a giant tool. And is that he is actually, the whole reason he's looking after Luke on Tatooine is because he's using Luke uh, as a plant to draw Vader out. Because if you're trying to hide him, why keep his name? Why put him in the same house that that uh, Anakin lived in or had t- you know had connection to previously? 
He doesn't give Luke the lightsaber until he realizes that he absolutely needs his help. Yeah. No, it's the whole thing like, oh, Annie was too young and he was nine. Yeah, right. Luke is like freaking 18 and <laughs> Obi-Wan's been on the planet with him the whole time. Why not be training exactly. him the whole time? Exactly. And then, time? The, then right. the whole upshot of it is that Luke is expendable because he's not the breeder. Huh. And so that's just, it made me think of that, that whole topic at the Comic-Con was that, you know, he has a spare. This is really interesting to me, though, too, because there's a moment until the end of the book, uh, Vader doesn't really see what's going on until the end. You know, mm-hmm. we'll get to the end in just a second because I want I want to kind of accelerate this a little bit. But like I said, he's like, this is heresy. These beings are a, are a her- you know, this is abomination of sorts. Right. And, and the emperor is very quick to point out. He's like, you failed me on Mustafar. Okay. You basically are more machine than man. Using those you're exact just like words, them. which is the same thing yeah, that you're Obi-Wan just, did. Which is creepy, right? Mm-hmm. So you're you're the same as them. I have no doubt that you're going to be successful, but you better damn do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Otherwise, one of them's going to be you, is what I got from this. Yeah. Well, you know, it's the Emperor testing his apprentice, and they kind of touch on this pretty heavily in Lords of the Sith novel. The Emperor is constantly testing his apprentice, and he says that is the responsibility of the the Master, is to test his apprentice and to show strength. And when he when the Master fails at that, that is the apprentice's job to kill exactly. him. So I think this is just another reiteration of that philosophy. I think it is 100% legitimate to mention, too, the fact that it's not just Mustafar and these other locations. This is taking place between A New Hope and, a, and Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. He also failed in defending the frickin' Death Star. Yeah, he's he's in the doghouse. pretty significant. Like, that's a bigger <laughs> epic fail than pretty much anybody else in all of time. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, I I think he can kind of lay the a lot of the blame on Tarkin because Tarkin's not there to defend himself. <laughs> okay, I was gonna say, where are you going with this? Okay, yeah, because he's not there. Agreed. That was very but otherwise, like Tarkin I mean, did he's it. Singularly, the <laughs> only Force user present to defend this entire station, right? And fails miserably. And I mean, you can blow your complaints all you want all day long to the fact that there was a poor ship design, whatever, whatever. Yeah, Vader was there personally to protect this ship supposed to be the emperor's greatest tool and the reason why they dissolved the imperial senate so that makes it very interesting too big failure bringing him in and being like look you failed all these times i can get one of these guys to take your place at any time so and and vader learns his place pretty quick so let's talk about the ending uh right now it says so we said the end of Star Wars 6, Vader standing in front of the glass. He learns that, you know, Boba Fett says, you know, Skywalker was the name of the kid that destroyed the Death Star. And we see, you know, him say Skywalker and then the glass break. What's really cool about this book is that scene happens again, but it's from Vader's perspective. Okay. And so Vader staying there. And of course, you know, uh, Boba, Boba Fett still does his like, so we're done. I'm going to go. And you get this flashback. You get flashbacks of him talking to, uh, Padme, right? Uh, her saying, I'm pregnant, Annie. And him going, that was that fumbling line. He says, uh, that's, that's wonderful mm-hmm. or whatever. Right. Uh, and you see that. And y- what's the other scene? You, you see, see her him death say, and you um, see her on the barrel. Yes. 
And you see her on the burial pyre, exactly. And what's really cool is at the end, he kind of says, I have a son. And he says, "Me, you know, we're going to, it will all be mine. I'm going to get my son. I'm going to take all this. It will all be mine. And when the glass breaks, he's looking out and there's nothing but Star Destroyers and the fleet out in front of him. Uh, and he basically goes to the Emperor after that. Right, and it says he goes to the emperor after, correct? Yeah, he goes to a to he goes a to emperor. Station. Yeah, he goes to the station. Yeah, he goes to the comm station, and he says, "Look," and he's he's really angry, obviously, because he finds he realizes the emperor lied to him about his son or about him having kids. He goes to the emperor, and the emperor is like, "I see you're pissed off. So what are you gonna say?" <laughs> and he's like, "Pretty much, he doesn't say anything." He says, I'm ready to do it. Yeah, he, and you have a quote here, the great lines, I, I understand us precisely. Yeah, I stand us, I understand us precisely. So there's going to be this constant, just like, you know, a Sith Lord, and, you know, master and apprentice, it's, it's, I'm going to try to play you, you're going to try to play me, and we'll see who comes out on the top at the end. So it's a really cool ending to this book. Any other thoughts there, Will? No, I just I, I loved the uh, the the artwork and how uh, even though the books are being done by different people, they worked together and had the the same panels at the end of the books. Yeah, I like the tie-in. So, what do you guys think about uh, any thoughts? I know I know maybe you guys haven't read it yet, but I I love to see that Disney is doing a very good job of tying their content together, just the way the uh, Legends EU was done under Lucasfilms with Lucas's direct control. Yeah. Um, they're making a consistent, expansive universe. Um, and I'm just excited to see where it goes. Same here. And do you guys think, um, you know what it reminded me of too? Do you guys watch, excuse me, do you guys watch Arrow or the Flash? <laughs> oh my uh, God. And the fact that they true. tie those in together, that's what this reminded me of. It's like, I'm watching the Arrow, yeah. but the Flash is there and then vice versa. I thought that was cool. So. And and just on the same note, have you seen the preview for the new uh, series that they're doing, which is yet another spinoff of the Flash and Arrow? And supposedly they're going to have one character who just travels between all three. They're going to gonna all be of them doing together. the. Uh, they're going to be showing the pilot at Comic Con. And what's the name of it? It's oh, something awesome. like um, Legends of the Future. That's I think. Something like that. Something of the Future. Guardians of the Future. What is it? Is it Legend? I'm not sure. Uh, anyway, anyway. But yeah, I'm well, definitely looking forward to that. Well, and even on the Marvel side, uh, you know, the fact that they've taken uh, Legends Agents, of Tomorrow. Good job. <laughs> on the Marvel side, you know, which is another Disney property, the thing that they've done is they've taken Agents of Shield, and then they actually like I have stopped watching Agents of Shield right now because I've not seen Ultron, right. Right. and there was a very clear statement in the television series that says. Now the movie happens, basically. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to watch the next episode until I see it because I don't want to be spoiled on the TV show without seeing yeah, the movie. Tied, and, or yeah, vice they versa. In with uh, um, Winter Soldier and Dark World as well. well what I love is... Yes. You, well, that's when S.H.I.E.L.D. became good. Was that Yeah, what Soldier. I love <laughs> is that, um, you know, when Disney, Marvel, and Star Wars all and Lucasfilm all got together, it's like... I, I actually used the the idea of Stargate here. It's like all the chevrons started locking in place oh, because oh, oh. they started moving the responsibilities around to the people that actually were better at them. So now you've got Marvel, who's best yeah. at comics, but Disney's good at the better at the um, the tying together and the synergy. And Star Wars has a story, and it's just it's 
taking all three and putting it together instead of them trying to do it independently. I love and Agents of Shield. That's what's so Shield, exciting right about exploring all of this is the fact that uh, heck, even the the Han Solo, you know, spoiler. They did that in a comic. Yeah. They didn't do it in a TV show, they right. didn't do it in a movie, they didn't do it in some whatever, you know, like they are treating all forms of storytelling as respectfully as any of the others. So the comics are getting good attention. The novels are well, getting yeah, good. Yeah, I mean Redna's going to the television Redna, series you're going to appreciate great. this more than the others, but the first introduction of the female oh, Thor damn. was done in Marvel Puzzle Quest. That was the first the first ah. video game platform, and it was introduced in the comic, but the first non-comic appearance of it was in Marvel Puzzle Quest. Okay. Which I'm playing now, by the way. <laughs> Whatever. Okay. I have I have her unlocked, too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have her unlocked. I have Mrs. Marvel, though. That's cool. Let's move on. Which Mrs. Which Mrs. Okay, Marvel? so anyway. There's a few of them. I, I don't know, dude. There's a lot going on in that game. I, the three-star one, the Miss Marvel, is the strongest character I have. Yeah, I can I can barely wrap my mind around what's happening. I don't know what any of that stuff means. <laughs> I, Actually, I just uh, I, I just uh, maxed out the ability on uh, Storm Mohawk. I just need to level her up to 166 now. Oh, yeah, sorry, tangent. Okay, yeah, so, to... moving Actually, on. Actually, I will tell you, I did not let's... read Leia, so I can't talk about that. Okay, so... Let's skip Leia for this week. I was about to suggest it anyway, because I don't want to... I just can't. Ugh. Ugh. You don't like Leia? There's not enough dangly There's things. There's no dangly things. No dangly things whatsoever, and... And let's, let's be honest. I mean, Han doesn't say it like this in the movie, but Leia needs some <laughs> dangly things Look, in her life. That, I mean, honestly, that... That would. I don't know. He did say you need more scoundrels in your life. That sounds like dangling. <laughs> no, he, he said. No, he said you need a good kiss. Yeah. Is what he you said. You use a good Empire kiss. Yeah. Back. But what he really mean is he. What he really meant is you need a good dangly thing. And in here's your the life. thing. It just. <laughs> Leia is not a great run. This one is a little. I'm not even gonna say it. It's a okay. It's a little bit better than the last one. We're gonna move on. Yeah, we we'll said, talk about we Leia four next week. Once we we'll, two was horrible. Oh yeah, three was good. Yeah, two was two was bad. Hey, listen to all of your listeners. I will also say that I listen to many other locations, and mm. you guys have your opinions, and they do not necessarily mesh with everyone else's <laughs> opinions. Because I've heard Everybody else- people thinking that they think Vader is better than the Star Wars story, and you guys clearly prefer the Star Wars story to the Vader story. So wait, but you know, uh, wait, I does anybody else own- think Leia's like the bomb diggity or what? Wow, did I just say that? You did say the and bomb diggity. Quite frankly, who doesn't think that Leia's the bomb diggity? I mean, okay, Leia, me? Leia the One person? Of the most awesome female characters in cinematic history? Leia the fake person aside, yes, she's <laughs> Just awesome. Just saying. You but... asked about Leia, not the comic book series. <laughs> okay, the... <laughs> uh, I'm with you. All right, so we're going to skip Leia. Uh, do we want to talk Kanan? you want to talk about it next week? We talked a lot about... What do you think? I, I read Kanan, and I... W- and I think we both agree that this is the best best uh, line in in all the lines. Yeah. Uh, should we talk? I think we should talk about it next. Okay, week. we'll push it to next week. Because it just came out today, and let's talk Groot really quick because that was a fun ass read. It was a very fun read. <laughs> all I'm going to ask you about Kanan is: Is there something in there that we need to do a mini episode about, or are we good to go? You know what? Honestly, Kanan. Kanan's phenomenal. It, it's it's yes or no. I know. I understand it's really good, but is there some jaw-dropping no, shocker? this issue really... No. It just at least okay. the groundwork Not in this one. No. shadier side. Okay, cool. So, Groot. Okay, have, when does this? When does Kanan take place? Right after Order 66. 
So it's before okay, a new okay. dawn. So it's before. All right. So really quickly, let's wrap up comics. Let's just. The only reason I bought Groot was because last Wednesday, when all of these comics came out, uh, I was super stoked. And my local shop, because I do like to have the actual comic in my hand, they that was a featured comic, and it was twenty percent off, and it was sitting on the counter. And my student, who is the daughter of the owner of the shop, she's like, "Hey, we have this for twenty percent off." I said, "I'd be stupid not to buy it," so I bought it, and. I thoroughly enjoyed this book. I cannot wait for the second one. It was a fun ass read. It was read. really fun. Um, yeah. The 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 two things I loved about it most was I mean you haven't mentioned here but stealing Superman's ride. That was pretty damn awesome. <laughs> and quote unquote Superman's ride. Yeah. <laughs> um so that was pretty cool. Um but what I love is is kind of tying back into to Marvel Puzzle Quest is there's a a one of the storylines in Marvel Puzzle Quest is that grew in and uh, Rocket Raccoon go to Earth in on a vacation, and they are looking for good pizza in New York. And uh, I think it's Tony Stark that helps them, and he asks them for help in fighting. I want to say it's Ragnarok or something. But regardless, this is them trying to get to Earth. So I really like that. It really kind of tied oh, into cool. the other game. Yeah, and I, I I haven't gotten that far in the game yet. But like I said, the comic was fun. The dialogue was fun. It was hilarious. They keep ending up in different people's vehicles, hitchhiking. There's a weird shapeshifters, and I don't know. I'm only throwing this in here because it's Marvel, and it was it was a really fun. I love I, I love how everyone questioned yeah, well, uh, that he keeps Guardians saying I am Groot. It's like, is that all you say? Yeah. <laughs> what are you gonna say? It's great, and the thing is, is Guardians of the Galaxy, which most people who are not big into comics don't understand, is. Guardians of the Galaxy is all peripheral characters for the most part, uh, particularly the mm-hmm. the main characters in the Marvel mm-hmm. universe. But they they tie in well, and I I enjoy it a lot. It, it's a fun fun story, um, and Groot is hilarious character. He may only have one line, and you know Vin Diesel made bank on just oh saying God, I am yeah, Groot dude. repeatedly, but. Uh, you know, who can, who, they could just, I mean, if someone said, hey, I want you to say this same line repeatedly with slightly different inflection, you would take the check oh and run God, with easiest it. easiest money. So who can blame <laughs> him? But, I mean, Groot is just, he's a fun, interesting character, and it's one of those things where dialogue can be wasteful and unnecessary, and you just get to see a lot of fun with the yeah, character. Yeah, and the way that so. he plays, yeah, was- he and Racket Raccoon play off each other are hilarious. Well, I just like that, you know, Rocket oh, says yeah. something, and then he says, I am Groot. And he's like, what do you mean, this, this, and this? And it's just like, what? How do you understand what he's saying? It's, he's just saying, I am Groot, over and over. But it's it's really cool. It, it's it's just it's just like when Luke yes. argues with R2-D2, right. <laughs> or, or any of those sort of situations where a character argues... Han and Chewie. Han arguing yeah. with Chewie. I mean, it's just... Do they understand them, or are they just arguing with themselves? <laughs> so, I mean, it's just, it adds, you know, that little bit of fun interplay. Totally. All right, let's get out of comics, then. It's a fun read. Groot's great. Well, I'm going to let you do this. Um, well, you kind of were mentioning here that there's going to be a, the full trailer at Hall H, and you're kind of just focusing on the, the Hall H panel, but it turns out there's going to be seven different Star Wars panels all on Friday at Comic-Con, and they're going to be tying into the movie. Uh, one is going to be featuring... Disney Infinity 3.0. Another one's going to be featuring, I believe, the toys. 
they're they're just going to be basically Star Wars is taking over Friday. Here's the deal. Can I? I'm going to ask you. That sounds like you're. You guys are going to be busy at Comic Con, like Friday. By the time you get home, you're just going to be like. Let I'm me done. tell you my. Or you get let me tell you my fear, because Hall H is a cluster, and Hall H is one of those deals where people will camp out Wednesday night for like you know Friday morning. You see, right? Yeah. See where I'm going with this? I don't want to go into Hall H, but I feel like I have to go into Hall H somehow. And unfortunately, maybe. you're the only one with the passes here, so that's all you. Then on top of it, I think we're seeing HBO Friday night, about that. so that's going to be a really long day. Well, we have, we have the community cantina that night, too. Yeah, so that's the big news that came out to, that, that came out today, was that... Yeah. Well, I have a yes. question. This is on mic. This is on mic. Pressure moment. I don't. I don't want to wait in line for Hall H. Not even a little bit. That's where we. Not even. That's where we sit, Don and Christina, down in line. We go to our thing. Mm. <laughs> well, we have the. I think the Community Cantina and Babylon on the same night. I think it actually might be just more worthwhile to hit the other six panels. Yeah, me too. All right, so let's let's move on. So Hall H, uh, Force Awakens full trailer. What do we do? We expect to see. What do we expect to see, boys? We can all conjecture on this a little bit. I I am hoping that J.J. Abrams continues with his his theme of just giving a little bit. The best movies I've ever seen are ones that I don't know that much about. And J.J. Abrams has said very much so that he doesn't want to give a lot away. He doesn't want to let you know the whole plot of the story from the trailers. I enjoyed the movie The Matrix, so much more because I went there expecting nothing but a stale, flat performance from Keanu Reeves and guns and Mm -hmm. shooting and kung fu. (laughs) And I got a intriguing, interesting story out of it, and it made the movie, because I was expecting nothing, basically, except for an action flick, the equivalent of like Jean-Claude Van Damme, um, I got so much more, and the movie was that much more enjoyable. So I'm really hoping that it'll be a full trailer. Maybe it'll give a tiny bit of setup, but still have questions as to what. Yeah, the I don't think it's going to give too much away in in plot points. But what I think it will do is, so far we've only heard one line of dialogue, and that's "We're home." That's it. Everything else has been mm-hmm. voiceover, and most of that was taken from Voice Jedi. Stuff. So um, I think it's you're gonna you're gonna hear a couple lines of dialogue, probably from you know Daisy Ridley and John Boyega. You know, it, it'll be something like that, but it'll be a couple of, I think, in, inconsequential one-liners. Yeah. All we've seen so far is snapshots of individuals. That's it, right? We did have wonderful voiceover by Mark Hamill, which I loved in the second trailer, or teaser. And, and that's the thing. There's a difference between teasers and, tra- teasers and trailers, and I've been fundamentally thrilled with the teasers we've received. I'm hoping that this trailer is more teaser than trailer. Yeah, I think. Frankly, yeah, <laughs> yeah what I mean, each um, one's done is it's introduced a couple new characters with each one so far. So I think we're actually probably going to get visuals of Andy Serkis's character and Lupita Nyong'o's character. I was just going to say that. Yeah, I think we're going to see right. those two and, for sure. And Snow beyond that, sure. they might it, to make it a genuine trailer with some super exciting new stuff revealed. They might actually like confirm that. 
John Boyega is actually You're a not trooper. Just in the armor. He's not somebody infiltrating wearing a trooper's uniform, you know? Or, you know, s- some details along the lines where they can give you details about the character, but it still has no information yes, about the plot. That would be That's a good what I'm way hoping. to go. You know, more context on Daisy Ridley being a scavenger on the planet. I'm cool with that, you know? Um, basically, like the teaser trailers, but expanded to take up more time, but still holding as much relevance of actual right. information. <laughs> You know, the other thing that they could throw in there is we saw in the first teaser trailer, you see, uh, what's the Sith's mm-hmm. name? Kylo Ren? Yeah. You see Kylo Ren's hand and his lightsaber. What, I mean, they could totally put, the counterpoint to that is at the end of it, they could put another hand and a Jedi saber igniting and continue us to ask the question of who is mm-hmm. this? going to be fighting against Kylo Ren. And especially if it's a green saber and you can't really see the hand, maybe it might lead to a lot of questions. Is it Luke fighting him? Is someone else have a green saber? It's a great opportunity to spark more questions and intrigue and build the suspense and the, the desire to see. Yeah, I think no matter what we're going to get, I mean, think of what we've done with each of the, you know, the last two teaser trailers. I mean, we've done nothing but speculate outside of that. And, and I think that I don't want to see too much. I really would like just, you know, I'd really like to see very little going into the movie, but at the same time, I do like speculating and having a little fun talking about it. So, you know, give me a little bit and then run. Exactly. This is why I love mm-hmm. teasers. Yeah. <laughs> because then I can speculate all day long. There's no actual fact in it. See, I can full, come up with crazy crap and full trailers. Usually you get. Big lines of dialogue and all this other stuff. So yeah, I, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with yeah, you. I think we're gonna get this trailer. I think we'll get a second, the second trailer at D23, and then I think that'll be it for the promotional spots. Yeah, let's be honest. They're they're doing such a good job with the teasers that they don't need a lot of trailers to get this movie to get people's appetites wet. Um, they really just need a little bit. I, One's enough, I think. I think. Yeah, I think. All they really need to do is throw in a few things that are not relevant to the plot that are going to get people's interest going. Um, I mean, they could throw in something that just confirms that Han and Leia are married, and that would it's irrelevant to the plot, but it well, we think could it would really be get people excited. Plot, but I think that the brilliant part of the first teaser was that it introduced BB-8. People were talking about that forever, and absolutely no consequence, just oh, that it's a new droid. Well, especially because they introduced yes. BB-8 yeah, on once stage that thing rolled out. right after it. <laughs> and and you realize that this is not yeah. CG. This yeah. is a physical prop. It's a physical, functional prop, which is really cool to have this rolling ball that's omnidirectional, but then it's still got a droid head that stays on top. Really neat tech on top mm-hmm. of an interesting character. All right, guys. Well, I think that's pretty good. What did everybody think about the found manuscript? Do we... Is this a thing? Like, really? Okay, seriously, all I thought was, oh, gee, you mean the movie I saw in the theater was (laughs) the original? Shocking. Well, everybody knows that Han shot first, and even in the most recent digital releases, they have edited the the new edition to where they shoot at the same time because people were so pissed about Han not shooting first. All this is to Which, me. This is a uh, th- link. There's, That's what I saw when I saw this because I saw it. It is linked. Yeah. yeah. Everybody's known this yeah. forever. Oh, gee, you found another proof. 
We know it because it was in yeah. the first movie. What's this it's Angelina Jolie thing? Though? Yeah. What is this? What is this? What is this? And and now that Lucas isn't in control, they might come out with another edition a little bit further down the road yeah. where Han shoots Luke, first. Yeah. Disney will like I will literally donate a year's salary to Disney if they go back and and put the, that back. The yeah the the two things about this that really jumped out at me is one that the date of the manuscript is a year before the release of the movie. So it's it's one of the earliest manuscripts that we that have been found of the original Star Wars movie. But then the the second thing is is Lucas, regardless of the story, has always been about the marketing because that's where he got his money because he did not take money as a director or on the front end. He made a deal with Fox in uh for distribution rights in exchange for having the toy rights. And so he's all about marketing to kids and if you have Han being a bad guy by shooting first, you can't really sell that to children as well. Or to parents to buy for children. Oh, that's lame. Everybody loves yeah. Han Solo. And he was much I agree, cooler because he shot first. Lucas doesn't okay, get that we're, we're older gentlemen, and this is a cultural shift. When he made the change in the 90s with the redistribution of the, uh, you know, di- redigitized format and everything, that's when he made the change. That was also when there's a cultural shift amongst the children and the parents and society, and that this is a bad And you also thing. have to remember... You know, oh, gee, somebody can be proactive about saving their own life. You also have to remember he was also writing Jar Jar at this point. <laughs> Oh, that's a good point. What's that about? Phantom Menace coming out in two weeks on It's a Trap <laughs> podcast. Please listen. <laughs> Please listen, and you'll hate Jar Jar less. Right, did you did you uh, guys see this little bit of info I snuck in underneath that? I saw that. What is this about? Tell me about. Somebody that. was interviewing Angelina Jolie, and she said that it, that she would actually love to be in a Star Wars movie. And if she could ever get a hold of J.J. Abrams or they end up talking, whatever, she would love to play Mrs. Fett if there was ever such a role. Yeah, but is she going No, but it's just, it's an interesting thing that somebody you never thought of connecting to the universe at all is interested in playing the role. Can I just say? And I hope that she's never connected, but I'm really glad to hear she's a fan. And that is what's exciting, is that somebody that I would never have expected, that was into Star Wars that way. Awesome. If they actually made her Mrs. Fett, I would boycott (laughs) the movie. Yeah, so a a similar thing is actually Whoopi Goldberg in her Star Trek The Next Generation role. She came to them after winning her her Emmy and saying, I want to participate because... The original series was such an influence for me growing up in a civil rights, I can do anything empowered sort of way. Um, and they're like, well, we don't have, we don't know what sort of role we could give you. She's like, I don't care. You can make me the janitor. <laughs> so, you know, maybe, uh, Angelina Jolie would, wouldn't mind being a space janitor yeah, just this, to be this in the space janitor Jolie. <laughs> That's some serious creds right there, because quite frankly, I never liked Whoopi Goldberg until Star Trek The Next Oh, Generation. I loved her character in that. I, I loved her character. Guinan? I, I, loved, I loved Guinan so in there. Especially especially the first time you see her interact with Q, and she gets like she's mm-hmm. ready to fight, like she can actually do something against him. Really yeah, quick, this is awesome. kind of give it a little bit of context. It turns out it was during a an interview between stars of Angelina Jolie was talking with Domino Gleeson, who's in the is in The Force Awakens. And he was in the Harry Potter movies. Mm. Um, and the, the inner, the exchange was, Jolie said, I'm personally a Boba Fett fan. And Gleason said, well, you make a phone call and I'm pretty sure, Angie, that they'll have you in a second. And then she said, can Boba Fett have a missus? Well, put that, put in a good word for me then. And that's it. That's a whole exchange. But <laughs> okay. it just, it, it's cool. It comes out that she is a fan. Well, well it helped our tangent a little bit. <laughs> um, 
All right, guys. Uh, last thing in Star Wars, uh, I, I just want to throw at you guys since we've been, I mean, we've talked about mobile gaming more than on this episode, more than any of our podcasts all together. But anyway, moving on. Thanks, Redna. Star Wars Uprising was announced. Puzzle Quest. Marvel. Should we talk about Marvel Puzzle Quest real quick? Um, let's do that. No, uh, Star Wars Uprising was announced. Uh, and this is basically a mobile game. Set in Star Wars canon, which does that mean that you guys are gonna have to talk about it? I don't know. I'm, I'm very. Yes. Uh, we're gonna check it out, and if it is canon relevant, it looks like I'm not. Sh- from what I've been able to look into, is it looks like it might follow canon, whether it has its own story that's set apart that's going to impact the overall story. We're not gonna be sure until we get to play the game. Um, Needless to say, we will both play the game. Yeah, we will both play the game, and it looks like it's very much kind of a Diablo-esque format, but on a smartphone. That's what it looked like to me, too. Kind of a top-down RPG, maybe. Um, which I'm, which I'm excited about. I've never not, I've never been excited about a mobile game, honestly, ever. This one I'm excited about. Well, what I love is it takes place directly post-Jedi, and it's told from the Empire point of view. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting, and this, I think, it, it at least looks like it might have the potential to be the first one that we actually have to do an episode on considering video games as true canon, um, because Battlefront is looking like there will be no campaign and no story tied into it. You can reen it's basically reenactments of battles, which is fine, but this may, this has the potential that there may be canon. Well, there is, is a Battlefront book that's getting released about the same time as the game. Yes, which we that's will be true. covering. Which... Which we will be covering about a week and a half to two weeks after the cool. book comes out. <laughs> we'll cover that, but it it'll it'll stay with the other two Battlefront games. There was no story; it was reenactments of battles that are seen in the movies or told of in the books. Um, so I don't expect there to be any relevant or changing story in the video game. I don't know if it's anything like Puzzle Quest. There's little stories in there. I mean, I. I doubt they'll get too deep, but I mean, it's, I, I don't know. I'm intrigued. I think it'll be fun. I'm going to play it no matter what. We'll, we'll definitely be playing Dude, both of Star them Wars, and I looking for those nuggets. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll be looking for those nuggets yeah. in there, but for Battlefront, I'm not expecting there to be anything. Uprising, it's, it's still up yeah. in the air. I think it'll be. Yeah. I actually don't think Uprising is going to tie into the movies at all because they're, they're 30 years separate. I actually think Uprising is going to tie in with the Aftermath book. Either way, uh, I'll put a link in the show notes to pre-register. You can pre-register to play the game. You get some free stuff uh, when it comes out. I don't know. I pre-registered, so I'm going to play it, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's right now uh, Uprising's in closed beta. They're planning on launching in the fall, so a few months from now. So I imagine at some point they'll do an open beta sort of option, but pre-registering gives you a better chance to get in. Well, alright, here's what I'm gonna do. I am gonna, I am gonna do a podcast corner. It's gonna take 35 seconds, uh, and we're gonna do it. Ready? Podcast corner, super quick. Assembly of Geeks. Uh, I don't know if you guys listen to it. It's a great podcast. If you don't listen to it, I don't know what to do with you. Uh, but they do a segment called, uh, Comic Book Noob. And with all the comic book stuff coming out, I've been watching Daredevil with the most recent Ultron movie. Um, you know, with the Flash and Ant-Man coming soon, uh, they do, they basically take, it's very short, 20, 30 minutes, they talk about, uh, comic book characters in like a nutshell, so they kind of give you a base for when you see them in the new stuff that's coming. Does that make sense? So they, 
Their first Very episode cool. was, uh, I mean, this is, Assembly of Geeks been running for a lot, but they do a lot of little sidecasts. They did a Flash podcast and an Agent Carter one as well. Ding, no, ding, ding. They do 35 it. seconds. I know, I'm, I'm over them. I'm over my time. I'm over my time. They do Vision and Ultron, Daredevil, The Atom, and then the next one will be Ant-Man. So, I'm a, that's my, that's my plug for Assembly of Geeks, who needs no help from our little podcast. But it's a great podcast if you guys don't listen to it. It's really fun. Done. Boom! It's your turn, Will. Section three. Go, go, go! (laughs) Section three, Will. Would you rather fight a horse-sized duck or six duck-sized horses? J.H. Uh, all right, I'm going to assume that's hypothetical, right? I mean, right? But I'd have to answer neither because a horse-sized duck is too terrifying to even contemplate. And duck-sized horses? How could you fight them? They're too adorable. I mean, seriously, picture them. All trying to eat one apple. Oh my god, that's too cute. Alright, so we are going to move over to our last section of the show, which is pop culture. Will, take it away, sir, go. This does look like a lot, but we're just going to do quick hit and runs. I'm going to say the the main point, I just want you guys' point of view. It's really interesting that they're starting to do a different style of domain names depending on uh, uh, topics. Instead of like .com, .biz, .net, .gov, .whatever. And the first one to try it out is the new Hunger Games website. For the new movie, and it's just the Hunger Games dot movies, and so there's gonna, exactly it's weird. It's the Hunger Games dot movies. You could have whatever dot photography, and so it's a new type of a domain that they're trying out, and uh, I think it's kind of interesting that it really makes it much more uh, focused on on uh, uh, what on hobbies. What do you guys think of? Yeah, I I think it's cool. I know that there's been a controversy lately because the dot sucks. They see a lot of uh, porn. Walmart dot sucks oh. or oh. no, not porn. It's just <laughs> trolls, <laughs> flaming people. So they instead of doing dot movies, they'll do the Hunger Games dot sucks or insert insulting comment. Mm. Quite so frankly, that's actually I, I much really think more cool. of a positive in my opinion than it is a negative. Uh, I was going to go towards a very very recently with the transition of cable kind of dying and cutting the cord and broadcasting on uh, the internet dot tv has actually started to pick up a certain degree of new ips which is yeah, cool the um that's and that's the first one you know there was dot fm that never yeah. really picked up there were other ones that were similar thematically but with the success of dot tv i could see dot movies working and if you're saying that people are actually picking up dot sucks as you know negative of a Trolls. yeah as trollish as that behavior might be the fact that it is entering public consciousness is an acceptable way to identify what you're going for dot movies may have an opportunity to succeed yeah yeah, I think it. I think it'll be fine. It'll categorize stuff, and people will get a better idea of what they're getting into. Uh, I think it's fine. It's all it is is organizational. And let's be honest, it was a matter of time before they went from .dot com to beyond that, just for yeah, the number absolutely. of websites. Um, all right. Next thing is, is it looks like they're turning Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas into a graphic novel. I saw the first uh, image sure, of it. And it's pretty darn cool. You see uh, Burroughs character. Shooting it up from the back of the convertible is kind of cool. Oh, I'm excited. I should have worn my other t-shirt. I have a Boba Fett carrying a briefcase like Fear and Loathing, but instead of bats, they're TIE fighters, and on the briefcase it's a Han Solo. Looks badass. Um, next thing is it's announced that James Wan, who is, uh, who just finished, uh, Fast and Furious 7, uh, has been brought on to direct Aquaman for DC. 
Yeah, well, I find it really interesting. This was released <laughs> the same weekend. This information was released the same weekend that the Entourage movie hits theaters, which was very heavy on Aquaman. So, um, but it, it is uh, Aquaman needs to be redeemed. Yes. Hey, man, they redeemed Arrow. I think there's an opportunity for Aquaman. Yeah, for sure. I I think their selection of uh, Jason Moma to play Aquaman is an excellent choice to bring Aquaman and make him not seem like the guy who calls the dolphins and as soon as you get off land... The guy who's stuck in the water talking animals? Which is not the the case if you read the comic (laughs) books. They're going to give more depth to him to the common uh, consumer. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have been following, you know, standard Marvel comics, but they're just finishing up uh, Secret uh, Secret Wars 3. And so they're going to be launching into a brand new uh, future of Marvel comics. So they're, they started introducing a whole bunch of titles today um, that started with that. Are any of you guys, re- do any of you guys read Marvel comics at all? Besides no. what we've talked about, no. But besides Star Wars related, I am. I enjoy Marvel's universe, but I have never really been big cool. into well, reading the comics. I'm being brought back into comics with Star Wars, and we'll probably expand into others, but I was huge into Marvels in high school. Once I left high school, I kind of uh, stepped away from my mar- uh, comic book collecting, but Marvel was huge along with Image. Then, actually, I'm sure you guys have heard about me talking about them <clears throat> on our podcast corners before, but uh, you very much like you guys are into canon with Star Wars, um, Rachel and Miles explain the X-Men are very, very good at making, uh, the entire his- convoluted history of the X, uh, the X-Men. It's who, called who Rachel and Miles explain the X-Men and they're a husband and wife team out of Portland that are in the comics industry and they do a great podcast weekly, comes out on Sundays. Um, and they actually are huge on Patreon. They, they get about $3,300 a month. Through Patreon. Which is madness. Madness, madness yes. Say. And they're, they are fantastic. Okay. Um, they basically started with the first issue of X-Men and they go through every side series, every issue. And right now they've been doing it for over a year and they just got to the mid to late eighties. Yeah. So they're, it's right. really good. It's, it's an intricate. It has an intricate web that Marvel. Yeah. Universe so, uh, has. they're, they're really cool. And what I really like is, um, that they're also very socially conscious, so they 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 really delve into the uh, the gender questions and civil rights questions and and all these social and, you know economic impact and everything. It's really kind of cool, and they have great guest stars on, and it's uh, it's a really good podcast. So I highly recommend checking it out. What do you guys think of X Files coming back? I'm excited. Can't Just wait. Can't wait for it. We'll see. Is it? It's is a, it a limited series, series? Uh, coming to. Uh, I I don't think it's Netflix, but it's coming online. I think it's through Fox, and uh, they're releasing, I think it's ten episodes, mm-hmm. maybe six, but it looks like they're bringing back a whole bunch of the original crew, and they might be doing a sequel to the famous season four episode, Home, about the inbreeding family in Pennsylvania. Ooh. Are they going to bring back the original oh, yeah. cast? Yeah, Jillian Anderson and David Duchovny oh, are Anderson's on board. confirmed. Well. I knew David Duchovny was. Oh, yeah. No, they actually they they actually just started production this week. They all started tweeting pictures from the well, cigarette the, smoking man and stuff's back too, too right? That's cool. Yeah, so Jillian Anderson's actually on hiatus from the fall right now, so that's why they're fitting it in now. And uh, they all kind of wanted to get together to do a movie, but by doing six episodes, they'll be able to just get in, knock it out, and uh, and kind of do this and see what the uh, thing is. And it looks like they're going to do you know because you weren't quite sure what they were going to 
be doing if they're going to be focusing on monsters or or the the uh, the conspiracy. It looks like they're going to be doing a little bit of everything, and even cigarette smoking man might be coming back, which should be interesting because you know ten years ago, alive. Yeah, the cigarette smoking man, because <laughs> the actor. I mean, he was getting pretty old at the time of the show. He well, they that was they also did a lot of makeup for that, but the character died, so I'm kind of curious how they're right. going to bring that back. Um, so that's Magic. interesting. Yeah. Or aliens. Um, two more kind of odd aliens. things here. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard, but MTV is launching a reboot of Scream into a TV show called Scream Queens. What? It's a TV show? Uh, uh, I've seen, it's a TV I've show, seen I the don't care. Scream no. Queens. I've Dude, seen the commercials for the Scream Queens. It looks lame to me, but. It does. I mean, they, they just, M- MTV's had a lot of, uh, success. While did, I mean, not for our fan base, but they did Teen Wolf. Uh, they did, you know, a couple other properties, but what I found interesting is they released a, a picture of what the new mat, the ghost face, ghost face mask is going to look like, and it looks very, uh, Michael Myers meets Jason. But, well, first of all, they need to change their name from MTV because that's not what they're about anymore. Question. No. Secondly, there is an age group that might enjoy this stuff. You can mm-hmm. put your hand down, sir. We'll get to you in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Marshall um, always raises his hand. <laughs> yeah. Um, secondly, they do have an age group that is going to enjoy the material that MTV puts out, mm-hmm. or whatever it is now, not MTV. Yeah, it's not meant for us. <laughs> yeah, it's not meant for intelligent adults. How about that? Well, I just can't. Yeah. I don't know. I'm with you, man. MTV needs to do something because I. My question was: MTV still producing yeah, content? Yeah, MTV needs to do some music videos. Yeah, go go, home. go back to what they were doing or go away. Because and I remember MTV. I remember my you know cable receiver being only on MTV. <laughs> you know, Beavis and Butthead music videos. I mean, that was what it was all about. But now it's well, and, and well, let's be well, honest, Grandpa, they, they wants to tell us a little bit more. <laughs> the the crazy thing is, is they introduced Beavis and Butthead, which was their, you know, one of the first TV shows they had on it, and it had yes. music videos in it. I mean, that was a key portion. Exactly. Of they the watched show. music videos and talked smack. That's what they were about. I love that show. Oh, don't forget they also uh, helped uh, get us Chris Hardwick. So yeah, that's true. <laughs> Used to host Singled Out. That's true. So, all right, what's next? Um. The next thing is, is yesterday was announced that it looks like they might be bringing on Joe Carnahan to take over for Michael Bay for Bad Boys Who's 3. Who's Carnahan? That's fine. It's an action flick. It's going to have Will Smith and whatever that other guy's name is. Martin. So they'll is, be witter, witty, witty Is Bay. Lawrence coming Martin, back? Martin Lawrence. I, I don't know. I'm just assuming that if they're going to do a third one and it's such a gravy train, how is Martin Lawrence not going to come back? Because has he done anything of large scale since Bad not Boys really. 2? Just the Big Mama's House series, but the which he won't be the hard one to get. It's going to be fitting Will Smith into the schedule post Suicide right. Squad, so we'll see how yeah, that that's, is. That's a good point. Um, I project well, that Will the Smith... Suicide Squad will actually fail miserably, and he'll be happy to pick it up. Hmm. Really? What do you? Well, what? What is um, Carnahan? The, the last bit of info. <laughs> uh, that's right. Joe Carnahan directed uh, the mm-hmm. A Team, mm-hmm. and which I uh, he either. wrote. Actually, you know, it's pretty darn. I funny. heard good things about it. Um, it's a fun. It's a fun. The A Team is a fun, funny movie. So, it, and, well, uh, it would fit if if he did the A Team, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. If he did the A team, then he'll do a good job with Bad Boys Three. It's a similar. Yeah. I love Bad Boys Three. And too. most recently, he's been an executive producer on uh, and director on The Blacklist. No, I, I, you know, if it if it stays where Bad Boys Two was, I love that movie. I think it's gonna be great. I'm excited. They're fun. Yeah, they're fun. Fun popcorn movies. Fun oh yeah, movies. no, it's definitely movies. just entertainment. I mean, not incredibly socially relevant, but a lot of fun to watch. No, for sure. Yes. Then the last bit of information just got released this afternoon, actually, and it looks like uh, they signed a former Walking Dead star um, uh, John Bernthal, Bernthal, uh, to play uh, Punisher in Daredevil season two. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm excited. I'm glad they're bringing the Punisher in because he is a conflicting character for the Daredevil in the comic books. So it should be very exciting conflict, and they're still going to have Fisk in there. So you'll have Daredevil and the Punisher competing slash working towards the same goal, most likely. And with the darker, grittier edge that the Netflix Daredevil is taking, we will probably get to see a true-to-comic-book Frank Castle who is bloody and rough and tumble. Yeah, what I really like is that... um it, I mean, I actually haven't watched Daredevil yet. I haven't been able to fit it in my schedule. But the the whole idea of the, the four series that they're doing and then the wrap-up of the Defenders is they're really taking the four main people from the, the Hell's Kitchen area in New York and really making it gritty, which I'm excited about. Um, you know, with Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and Iron Fist. And then, you know, bringing Punisher into that, it just fits really into that gritty underworld. I gotta say, guys, this is a perfect segue because I was just gonna say, the only thing I wanted to say really in, uh, in pop culture was y- y'all need to be watching Daredevil. I mean. No, and we have, and what's wrong with you, Will? <laughs> Will Holy you're hell me. in a handbasket. Like, what? <laughs> I'll be honest. Heck? Like, I'm sitting here thinking I want to Big... spoil the entire series for you. I, I haven't finished Flat yet out. because I'm watching yeah. with the wife. We watched, uh, we're up to episode, Eight or nine right now, and I'll be. Ordo finished it See, in that, under that's a week. Acceptable. I made him miserable by taking like a month to get through it. Yeah. What's wrong with both? Uh, of I'll you? be honest, Will. <laughs> it, if this was our podcast, I would just disconnect you from the call and delete you from the whole damn thing for not having watched it. Race track. Okay, Redna knows that if uh, if uh, you guys give me more crap for this, I'm just gonna have to kick him from the alliance and oh, here we go. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Don't you understand that? I'm okay with that. Okay with this. Yeah. Oh god. Sure. Thanks. Awesome. No, actually, you know, like I said, it's, it's well been, worth it. It's know, TVMA, unquestionably, but it's, oh, it's so good. Awesome. Um, it is unquestionably the best comic book television right now, outside of arguably Gotham. Gotham is really, really good too, but for different reasons. Mm. Um. Yeah, I'm really excited to see what the others are. I'm also curious to see how Daredevil plays out because they're bringing him in as Punisher for Daredevil 2, which will be taking place before the um, collusions between all four of the independent series, Hmm. which is different from the original publication schedules that Netflix was going with. But I'm okay Mm -hmm. with that because I'm so pleased with Daredevil. I'm curious to see how they do with the others, but I'm okay with going forward with Daredevil before they do the um, team up in Hell's Kitchen. Yeah, now that now that school will be over for me tomorrow morning, the uh, the four of the big shows that are on my my first on my list uh, to watch are, are Daredevil, Gotham, The Flash, and Arrow. So that's all getting watched soon. Yeah, and and really, to, in all seriousness, the one thing I would have to say about Daredevil is, even if you don't like comic book shows or comic 
book transitions, you can sit down, you can watch Daredevil and enjoy this show because it is just very good drama. They have excellent actors and it is gritty and real. It feels real. It doesn't feel like a comic yeah, book. Yeah, it's definitely something rooted in yeah. in our time and our reality and it's 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 intense. And there's not there's a there's crazy violence when it happens, but every episode there's not a whole lot of violence. It's a lot more drama, uh dialogue, char- the characters are amazing, uh the actors are absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, I cannot wait it's to finish not this. Not instant superhero healing either. Oh like, no. If the He's if getting Daredevil, stitched up half the, the time. The plays Daredevil gets really really beat up. It's going to be an entire episode before he can get up off the couch. Yeah. You know. No, it's cool. uh it's pretty legit. Yeah, that's what I love with what Marvel and Netflix are doing with this is they're going after people that yeah. can act. I mean, they're bringing, they brought in Vincent D'Onofrio to play, you know, Kingpin. They hired, uh, uh, David Tennant to come in to play the villain in Jessica Jones. Yeah, I'm looking forward so, to that. Oh, yeah, wow. I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, so they're, and, uh, yeah, they're bringing uh, who a lot is it of really that they actors. got playing, who is it they got playing the night nurse? Oh, oh it's, uh, oh, no, I'm not Rosia, sure. uh, Rosario Dawson. She was in Clerks yeah. Two as well. Yes, Rosario oh, Dawson yes. playing the Night Nurse. Yeah, and Perfect. she is she's, she's an so excellent good. actress and brings a lot to it. And Deborah Ann Wool playing uh, Karen. I mean, it's yeah. it, all very well, phenomenal. And, and, and you know, relatively unknowns for uh, Daredevil and his Foggy. Yeah, Foggy. Yep. Thank you. Um, they pulled it off really well too. And Foggy was one he was a slow burn character where I wasn't really committed to him until they got they dove into his character further. That's the thing is, it's called Daredevil. It's just as much about Kingpin as it is Daredevil. And then all of the side characters get so much great character development. It's just a really, really good standalone series. The last episode I just watched with the wife uh last night actually was the episode where Spoilers. Spoiler well, I'm not gonna, not really spoilers. He took out the, 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 he, Fisk took out the, um, museum curator. That's all I'm gonna say. Oh, okay. okay. Gotcha. That was a mess. <laughs> oh, it was so fun. Can I come no. back in now? Yes, you can. No. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. No. Uh, it's no. just us reacting. I just like telling him no. <laughs> oh, okay. Anyway. All right, guys. Uh, so. Oh, hey. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. I'll share something with you later. All right. So last, uh, last thing I want to say real quick before we get out of here. Um, San Diego, San Diego Comic Con. I'm still working on a meetup plan. Chinook, faithful listener and friend Chinook. Uh, he tweeted me the other day and he said, there's only 107 breweries in the region that we could, uh, look, here's the deal. We're going to figure out a place to meet. It's going to be in the gas lamp. Uh, but I'm, I'm about to pe- uh, purchase a piece of, uh, uh, you know, a mic that we can use. It's going to be fun. I don't really care where we're at. I just want to drink good beer. So we're going to find a place with good beer and meet up. We'll have much more details next week. I will be hitting Chinook up and hitting the interwebs while I'm off work. So here we go. That's it. Before we go, let's talk about, uh, where can people find, uh, it's a trap and you guys on the interwebs. All right, you can find It's a Trap at itsatrappodcast.com. You can hit us up at on Twitter at It's a Trap Podcast. No, guys, uh, I really appreciate you guys coming on the show. It was a hell of a lot of fun and very long. Did he say facebook.com slash It's a Trap Podcast? Slap that in there. Say it. Facebook.com at It's a Trap Podcast. All right, guys. 
Thanks for tuning in to the usual podcast. We welcome all feedback. So once again, if you have comments or questions or want to read the blogs discussed on the show, you can find us at theusualpodcast.com. Email us at theusualpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Google Plus, Pinterest, Instagram, and of course, Swotor Network. Will is at I am Will Griggs. I am at Darth Pops on Twitter. We're on iTunes and Stitcher Radio, so take the time to give us more positive ratings. We appreciate that. Of course, audibletrial.com slash usual podcast. And as we just, in the course of recording this, received our next Patreon contributor. That's very exciting. We have two now. Enter the drawing. Episode 25. Contribute $1 or $2 to help us out. We appreciate it. So, boys, any last words? Are we done? Dangly things. (laughs) It's a trap. (laughs) Oh, my God. We'll see you all next week.